I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Presley and Jim Morrison, Michael Pare. From the great movie Eddie and the Cruisers, this is John Capperty and the Beaver Brown Band as we start this Thursday show at 6.02. Play it low on the dark side. You know all those years when people said Jim Morrison's not really dead. I know I've been to his... Gravesite, uh, so is the beautiful Danielle in Paris, too. What was these thoughts at these um, very popular musicians just had had enough, you know? They had enough. And they just wanted to disappear, kind of blend in with the crowd. And a lot of people think that was the case with Morrison. Some even said Elvis did that. And that's what uh, Eddie did at the end of this movie. Remember, he drove off into the water, and uh, you think he's dead, and then you see him standing outside of some store watching the TV report of his own death, and he walks away, so he doesn't really die. And that is the end of Eddie and the Cruisers. I'm sorry if I ruined that for you. The movie's 30 years old. Great. But That's great. Thanks. <laughs> it's 30 years old. I mean, going to watch it this weekend, but no. no oh, problem. come on. No it's problem. a great movie. Eddie! Tom Berenger and Michael Pare. Don't die! <laughs> it's a great movie. So we are back on this Thursday morning. Bernard will be back on Monday. That's all I know. I was not given any more details. Bernie, when he texted me, what was it, Monday night, said, uh, hey, um, I'm going back into Sloan. I'm in really bad pain. I'm suffering, so um, I'm going to spend the next couple of days in the city. But I'll give you an update tomorrow night. That was Monday, and I have not heard from Bernie since. Now, he does have daily conversations with the program director, Matt Meany, which is odd. doesn't get back to me, but that's fine. Um, And he has told Matt, I guess, that he'll be back on Monday. He was feeling uh, better yesterday, but I think Matt felt like, you know what, just take the rest of the week off. Get some rest. You know, you're going through some very rigorous treatment. He may have gone for chemo yesterday. I think he did. I'm not even sure because for some weird reason, I'm kept out of the loop. I mean, you would think of everybody at the station, the one person that should know what's going on is me. 
I work with the guy. He's my partner. But they don't tell me anything. So I get these emails like everybody else. The same email that Justin Ellick gets. The same email that Frank Diaz gets. That Macedonia Phil gets. So if Bernie doesn't reach out to me, and I don't expect him to, he's doesn't feel well. Right? I don't. He doesn't owe me that. If he doesn't reach out to me, I don't know what's going on. I got to ask. I swear to God, I have to ask Justin Ellick at four o'clock in the morning. What's the latest with Bernie? And what's the problem with that? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the problem with that is Matt Meany, as soon as he talks to Bernie, should call me right away. Text me, call me, not send out some mass email. I'm not blaming Justin, but you would think that the program director would say, "Oh, that's your partner. I spoke to him. Here's the latest." And he just he doesn't do that. It's it's just I don't want to get yelled at again Boy, by management for never interview. Yeah, but it's just some of the stuff that happens is beyond beyond stupid, beyond. Yeah, but that that, that happens at uh, every workplace. Oh, I, I would know imagine. that. Yeah, I know. I get it. Trust so, me. I've been in this business a long time. I've been doing but, radio for twenty five years. Right. I know how it works. Right. Not your fault. I'm not blaming you. Well, I try to give you the best update I can give you. No, with you, the information I've been giving. Right. You give me great updates. Not meanie. He's a program director. You hang up with Bernie. Call his partner. Text his partner. Email his partner. Doesn't happen. So I have no idea what's going on other than, I believe, Bernie's back on Monday. Is that right? Is that, that's, that's, that's what I was, uh, that's what was implied. That's what we all heard. That's what it was implied. Like, I, I mean, uh, listen, I, I didn't hear any any quote that said, uh, you know, Bernie will be back on Monday. But I did say, yeah. I did ask, so he'll be back on Monday. And uh, I got confirmation on that. If, with, Fra- if Frank Diaz was here, we could check with him. Yeah. Because he was on it. No, everybody knows but Sid, that's all. What? It's, it's a Bernie and Sid show, and everybody knows but Sid. But you can count on me to ask the right questions. No, I, I listen, I love you. You're great. But you don't speak to Bernie either. No. One guy here speaks to Bernie, and that's the program director. And then, uh, you know, it's like pulling teeth trying to find out from the program director. And I'm not going to – I told you this for the last seven months, that I, I don't pressure Bernie. I won't do it. You know, he's going through enough, this poor guy. And I was crying here in, in the – you saw it yesterday at the station. And the guy's going through enough. So I'm not going to pressure him. But you would think the powers that be would make their, their way to me first. And they don't. So, yeah. uh, As far as I know, he'll be back Monday. That's all I know. If I hear something from Bernie later on today, or if Matt decides that, hey, it's important to talk to Bernie's partner, the guy that's been hosting this show for seven months, then maybe I'll have more information for you. <laughs> I want to picture Matt's face right now as he listens to <laughs> he doesn't this, care. like shaking his he doesn't, head. He doesn't even care. Throwing he stuff doesn't. against I, Listen, I love, you know I love Matt. He's a great kid. He was my board up not that long ago. Now he's a macha. I get it. Congratulations. <laughs> but it's on the resume. Don't, don't be afraid to let me know what the hell is going on. Hmm. You know, I'm frustrated, too. I'm sad. I'm nervous. I'm frustrated. And I'm tired. Now, the good thing is I'm great at this job. So I come in every morning. and I, The show's great. It doesn't matter. It's great. But, I mean, come on, man. Don't make me ask Justin Ellick at 430 in the morning. Well, you haven't downloaded your ABC email yet, so what? I've got a Yahoo <laughs> account. going to go into this now. Well, I've got a Yahoo account, and I've got a phone that you can yeah. text 24 hours a day. Bernie would text me 2 o'clock in the morning. I got right back to him right away. Boom. I almost just gave out your email address. May as well. He, w- he wouldn't care. No. Since back 2001 at Yahoo.com. <laughs> <Here you go. laughs> what do I care? Well, now you're just going to get flooded with listener emails. That's fine. You know what? At least they'll email me because the, the, the program director doesn't. 
Somebody will email me. <laughs> Let's set up some accounts and email them right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Sid, I heard Bernie's not coming in until Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Did well, you I, know that? All I can tell you is this. We've already had more laughs in the first three minutes of this show. than you'll get uh, most days on most shows across America. So I'm glad it's all funny to you guys. But on a serious note, I'm frustrated and I'm nervous and I wonder what the hell is going on. Okay, and, you know. And I want to do this again. You know what's going on. No, I don't, I don't know anything. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Does he feel any better today than he did Monday? I think you could take an educated guess. Okay, but I don't want to take an educated guess. I, I want I to hear what Bernie is saying. See, clearly, Bernie spoke to Matt, right? So Matt has some definitive answer as to what's going on there. Why aren't I being updated all day, every day with that information? Uh, I'm writing it down. I got it. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. And I'll check with Justin. He'll know know later. Check with me. Here's the chain of command here. Macedonia Phil, then uh, Frankie Diaz, then Justin. what? (laughs) Then, then, uh. Wait, we're we're going from the bottom up, right? Okay. Well, I'm below all you guys. I'm underneath Frankie Diaz. (laughs) No. I underneath Frankie Diaz. (laughs) Mr. Big Star said, I don't know nothing. Nothing. No, you're at the top of the food chain. Don't, come on, don't sell yourself short. No, I'm not. Oh. Not when it comes to finding out information, talent-wise, yes. Oh, okay. No, you're but not a the... big deer right at the food chain right <laughs> yeah. there. God, I hate all of you. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, do the damn show. Enough uh, of this. I wish I knew what was going on. The good news is, I think he is, uh, on a serious note, I think he is feeling better. That's the good news. He's feeling much better today, Bernie, than he did on Monday. That's the, that's the only thing that matters. The rest of this is not. It doesn't matter. Doesn't well, matter. I would imagine so. I mean, now he's under the care. Oh, he's under the care of that? medical, know, medical said, professional. But, but you said that. Would, now you don't even know that. You said what, that, that, was, that he's feeling better. Yes, I would. I, I, I would imagine he's feeling better. He was sitting at home in pain. Now oh, he's yeah, under yeah. the care of medical professionals. So right. I would imagine they've dealt with the pain to some extent. Well, why would you even say that? You weren't on the email, so why would you say he feels better? Because it, it was uh, told to me by somebody. You know. I have spies mm. that um, he was actually just about ready to come back on the air today. And this is where I commend Matt because I sit him out all the time. Let the guy take some time. Today's show doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're going to get great ratings. Everybody loves it. With Bernie, it's the long game. I want to make sure Bernie's going to be here in five years. I don't care about today and tomorrow. I don't care. So to Matt's credit, I think Matt said, hey, rest. So I give Matt credit for that. That was I was told that Bernie was ready to come back today, and Matt made the very mature and um, nice decision to give Bernie the day off. That's what I was told. You guys can't, you can't. Well, I mean, I wasn't confirm. I wasn't to, like that wasn't a direct quotation, but it was. It, the, <laughs> what do you mean direct the com- quote? No, the conversation that I the conversation <laughs> that I had was was an optimistic one. That's what I'm saying. The tone was optimistic. Well, that's what I got it from you. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's, that's so? implied. So but I, I wasn't lying to you. No, no. I, the, the conversation was optimistic. It sent the message that he was feeling much better. But Matt said, listen, give it the rest of the week. Come back fully ready to go on Monday. Right, that's where I got this from. Yes. You okay. didn't hear this, Lou? Yeah, I heard it yesterday, yes, because I talked to Matt. Oh, my well, God. Well, I heard it this morning, not yesterday. Yes. Once again, Matt, I heard it. Matt told me in person. Like, yeah, he oh, spoke Matt told you. Oh, Matt told you in person. Oh, my God. That's very nice. Works. No, that's very nice. He works here. Yeah. I work here. Yeah, I work Somehow here too. we're going to see each other in right. the hall. I, I don't see know him how too. that happens. Yeah, I see him, too. I work here, too. What do I get? What do I get? Oh, I got to catch the 11.15 ferry. I'm not doing that today, and I'm not doing that today, and I'm not doing that today. I'm out of here. I'm going to tell Matt I'm not doing it. I got to cut nine spots every every show. Almost every commercial on the station is me. Okay, it's me. 
So I got to do all that, and then I got to do like six videos and everything else. And yes, sometimes I'm busy after the show. You can find me. I'm the guy wearing the nice sport jacket every day. I know. Okay. Besides Chad Lopez, it looks very nice every day. Every day. Man, I'm, I'm feeling yeah. like I'm on a pogo stick. Uh, what a guy, quick, quick plug oh. for the boss. Yeah. I don't, I don't make you know, it there was, okay. uh, I, I played something for Justin this morning where I called on the air, on the air, I called I Miss a Douchebag. And, uh, Lou, you were laughing. You can, you can hear you laughing. It's an old bit. And uh, Justin was sitting in the, in the uh, studio back there, and he was cracking up. He loved it. We're going to play it, right? It was great. Yeah, we're going to play it. <laughs> It was, it was really funny. It was really funny. Yeah. But, the, but the phone, I don't know. Do you remember the instance? Well, I, 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 I didn't hear it yet. Well, look, I don't know if you remember, distinctly was, remember it. Was I on the email yes. that they sent out? No, it was on the That's funny. I don't know what you're talking so about. So I used to okay. I used to call into the Imus show when I was living in Boca Raton in Florida. Imus had me on once a week to come on with you guys because you thought I was funny. So I would literally drive from my house to the community clubhouse, like a two-minute drive, because at 6.30 in the morning, when I'm screaming on the on the phone with Imus, I would wake up Danielle, Gabe was a baby, Ava was young, so I had to drive to the clubhouse and call Imus from a cell phone, and I would do it weekly. Were you in Florida at the time? Yes. Did I just missed that? Okay. Yes. All right. You remember those, like, Tuesday mornings, right. and I would call in... And uh, you don't remember, do you? I, I don't know if I – I don't remember yesterday, so I, if, <laughs> I, I take your word for it because you've yeah. got everything in stone in your head. I well, don't know. I, I kept coming back. He kept firing me, and then I kept coming back and blah, right. blah, blah. That I remember. <laughs> right, so we found one bit from like 15 years ago, literally. Yeah. And I'm outside the clubhouse in Boca, and I call him as a douchebag on the air, and he had a, a funny response, I would say, right? Yeah, it was funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he got he got all up uh, all up in arms because you were outside. You right. Called, you called from the outdoors. Yeah, he couldn't figure that out. But we'll yeah. get to all that later. I've also got a great bit with <laughs> me and Mike Brancessa at Yankee Stadium during my first book signing. But of course, the big story today is still Liz Cheney and the beating she took two days ago in Wyoming. The loss. She's still yelling and screaming about Donald Trump, how Donald Trump is the devil, and how he's going to be the end of democracy, and this country's in bad, bad shape, and Donald Trump this and Donald Trump that. In fact, yesterday, the two big stories, well, Liz Cheney, who hates Donald Trump, and Mike Pence, who I also believe hates Donald Trump. In fact, he's ready to testify in front of the January 6th commission. But uh, Cheney was on this Today Show. Who's uh, the host of that show? Is it uh, Guthrie? Who'd she talk to? Yeah, I think it's Savannah. All right, well, she was on the Today Show, and um, she says, this is a cut number four, Lewis, that even though she's uh, not going to be serving in the state of Wyoming, she is still dead set, this is a crazy person, on stopping Donald Trump. That's all she cares about. Here's Liz Cheney, number four. Well, look, I think, you know, as, as we've talked about before, I won my primary by 73 percentage points two years ago. Uh, the path to that same victory would have been very easy. It was clear uh, how that path would go. But that path would have required that uh, I accept, that I uh, embrace, uh, that I perpetuate the big lie. And uh, I've been very clear at every moment since January 6th uh, that there are some things that have got to be above politics, uh, that there's no political office uh, that's more important than the principles that we take an oath to defend. And I believe that Donald Trump continues to pose a very grave threat and risk to our republic. 
Uh, and I think that defeating him is going to require uh, a broad and united front of Republicans, Democrats, and independents. Uh, and that's uh, what I intend to be uh, to be part of. Liz Cheney, number five, she talks about how Republicans just don't accept the results of elections, which is why my dear friend Rudy Giuliani was in Georgia yesterday. By the way, Rudy will join us coming up at 740 this morning. We've got a great guest list today, Curtis Sliwa, Rudy Giuliani, Bill O'Reilly. But here, Cheney talks about Republicans, how they are, quote, unquote, election deniers. Cut five, Lou. Uh, the election deniers uh, right now are Republicans, and I think that uh, it shouldn't matter what party you are, uh, nobody should be voting for those people, supporting them uh, or, or backing them. She also goes on to talk about how Republicans at this point, and she's talking to you folks out there, because as far as I know, the overwhelming majority of our listeners, you find people listening right now on the way to work, on the way home from a long night of uh, drinking, you're uh, Republicans, right? That's what me and Bernie are. She goes on to talk about how all of us, all of us are part of one big cult. Well, what I'm going to do, Savannah, is... Spend the next several months uh, completing my work in Congress. No, I think that's six. My work Liz Cheney, six. She talks about the other uh, cult, Lewis. I'm sorry. That was six. Oh, that was six. Okay, play it again. I'm sorry. It's the right one. Okay. Play it. Well, what I'm going to do, Savannah, is spend the next several months uh, completing my work in Congress, obviously completing my work representing the people of Wyoming. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of work left to do on the January 6th committee. Uh, and also, though, uh, I'm going to be making sure that people all around this country understand the stakes of what we're facing, understand the extent to which uh, we've now got uh, one major political party, my party, uh, which has really Not become uh, a cult of personality. Cult of personality. And finally, Liz Cheney, number eight, again, all this courtesy of NBC and the Today Show. She uh, says Trump has lied to all of us. She wants all of us to turn our backs on the great president, Donald Trump. Look, I think what we have seen, uh, not just in Wyoming, but across the country, is that uh, Donald Trump has betrayed uh, Republican voters. He's lied to them. Those who support him have lied to them. And, and they're using people's patriotism against them. They're preying on people's patriotism. There it is, folks. Liz Cheney. Nothing like a, a gracious loser, huh? My God. She spent two years criticizing and hammering Donald Trump, and she went from a resounding winner, demanding over 73% of the vote, to an embarrassing loser, losing by over 30 points to Hageman on Tuesday. Couldn't happen to a nicer lady. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number, 1-800-848-9222. Curtis Sliwa stopping by this hour. Uh, next hour, Rudy Giuliani. 8 o'clock hour, Bill O'Reilly. will play Beat Sid. Lydia reports. And big wins for the baseball locals last night. The Yankees, a really emotional, unbelievable extra inning win. And Max Scherzer and the Mets finally beat the Braves in Atlanta. It's going to be a great Thursday show. Keep it right here with more of the dark side, Eddie and the Cruisers. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Hi, this is Bob Popper, voice of the Super Bowl champion New York football giants. And this is a Sid Classic Rewind. Right now, please welcome to the Einstein program our old friend, Sid Rosenberg. Good morning, Mr. Rosenberg. Uh, hi, Miss. How you doing, pal? It's great to talk to you again. Got a phony on. The one that has numbers on it, a number sign, and those types of things. There's a cell phone on this. I'm, I'm actually outside right now. I'm going to a very important meeting. You're outside? I'm outside, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm in. I'm outside, yeah. And why wouldn't you be in your house calling me? Well, because it's, uh, it's uh, 640 on the East Coast. And uh, my kids are asleep right now, so I, I had a very important meeting at 7, so I figured I'd kill two birds with one stone and call you and let the kids sleep at the same time. You all live in the same room? No, but it's not a very big house. It's not the palatial man that you live in in, uh, in Connecticut so or, or the uh, the place in New York City, so I was actually asked to leave. You were asked to leave by your wife? Well, not yours. Do you mind if I actually tell you, based on your question so far this morning, my real assessment, what I really thought when I first met you? Well, it would be fine. Why would you ask me a question like that? Pardon me? What happened? <laughs> what kind of phone are you on? Phone, right? <laughs> you know, here's the problem. Because of the phone reception is so poor, I, 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 I can't hear you very well. well I thought I, I, I thought you just called me a douchebag. No, that's phone. You see, that's, that's, well, why, why would I ever call you that? That's I have no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Jesus, call him a douchebag. I hear mariachi static on my radio And the tubes, they glow in the dark And I'm there with her in Ensenada And I'm hearing Echo Park Carmelita, call me Titan How many times over the years... Lou, do you think you played this Warren Zevon version of Carmelita? I just, for I miss. I don't want to talk about it. I, just, I don't. Like, when you said the words, I almost resigned. Oh God! Yeah, that was uh, 2007 outside the community clubhouse in Boca Raton, Florida. The I Man, who's gone a couple of years now, and I say this to Bernie all the time, and I mean it. I say it to you too, Lou, and other folks. John Esteen just last week. The longer he's gone. The more I like them. It's it's amazing how that works in life. You have a you have a short memory. Though. No, I do. But but it, that's the case with a lot of people, Lou. You know, a lot of people. Somebody dies, and you know, when they die, they hate them. And three years later, they they love them. It, it happens all the time, and it's happening with me with with Mister Imus. I, in fact, and and I'll, and I'll say this uh, at the risk of really getting angry with myself. I, I'm told every week by somebody, every week by somebody, that you are starting. I'm only 55, but you are starting to sound a little bit at times when you're yelling at Justin or the rest of the guys. You're starting to sound like him. And um, and I'll go back and listen to the tapes because I do do that still, even now, 30 years into this job. And they're right. <laughs> you know, they're, so you're slipping into honoriness. Yes. Correct. That's for sure. Yeah. And you've picked up some of the habits. I have, right? <laughs> oh, yes. It's okay. It's all right. I mean, the guy won five Marconis when they write the books. You know, Stern, Limbaugh, Imus, hey, he's right there. You were exposed to a lot of great radio talent. That's right. All. That's it. Right. That's it. And th- none of that exists today, really. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of silly for me to continue to hate the guy, even though he did make my life miserable, and Danielle and Ava and Gabe miserable for a long time. And the difference between, you know, working for John Katz and Matitis, I can't wait to go to work. I, I can't even sleep at night. 
because I'm so excited about doing the show the next morning. I swear to God. And with Imus, I was you couldn't sleep sick and I, sad, nervous. I was nervous. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was scared to death. You have to understand. It was from, fresh. From my house, Lou, to the clubhouse in Boca, it was about a three-minute drive, literally three minutes. I was shaking, just preparing in my mind what I'm going to say to Imus. I was shaking. And um, you can even hear my voice. I had a much higher voice back then. I was, I was so quick to come back with something because I was afraid if I didn't say something, if there was a pregnant pause, a moment of silence, he was going to kill me. So it was just, it was like Russian roulette every day from the great movie The Deer Hunter. And almost a good analogy, Russian. It's like a Russian athlete about to do some ski jump. With the guns pointed at you. Right. Like, right. like exactly. You better, you better get a 10.0 on this or yeah. we're going to shoot your family. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> That's the pressure. That is a day. great analogy. That's Thank exactly you. right. Yeah. You know, we played uh, some Liz Cheney in the first segment. Of course, she's still the big story today. Blown out in Wyoming, hates Donald Trump. And I don't know if you know this, but Liz Cheney is a very, very, very wealthy woman. Very wealthy. And, you know, every now and then people try to figure out why. Like Joe Biden, for example. As uh, Bernie would say, the imbecile in the White House. You know, he's a very wealthy man. Very. And his son, Hunter, we know why he's not wealthy. I mean, come on. But Liz Cheney, and a father, Dick, of course, very wealthy guy, Halliburton, the whole thing. But she's very, very wealthy. And we want to know why. So Tucker Carlson, who has become my favorite TV personality. He's the best since Bill O'Reilly. And he's the best by a distance. I love Sean Hannity. I know Sean listens to me and Bernie every morning. Sean, I love you. But Tucker is the best. He really is. He's so unpredictable. I know what Sean is going to talk about every night. Every night. Guys on Newsmax, too. I like all those guys. Sean Spicer, Grant Stinchfield, or Greg Kelly. Although he never returns a text, Greg Kelly. He's annoying the hell out of me. But um, this guy... Um, Tucker Carlson's great, and he did last night delve into the question of why is Liz Cheney so wealthy. So this will be cut number nine, courtesy of Fox News. We thought we would ask a pretty simple question. How does Liz Cheney get so rich? She's been a member of Congress for six years. Now, so when she took office in 2017, her net worth was estimated at $7 million, which is a lot for someone with no skills, but that's what she had. Now she's worth more than $44 million, according to the Center for Responsive Politics, which looked at her financial disclosure forms. Now, probably an honest explanation for all of this. We're not accusing her of robbing liquor stores, but you have to wonder, how did Liz Cheney make more than $36 million in six years of public service? That's $6 million a year. Huh, good gig. She didn't report any earned income, gifts, or transactions on her disclosure form. Her top-listed assets were Citibank, $3 million dollars. And money from her husband's law firm, Latham and Watkins, also three million. There's also money from a family trust. We assume that accounted for a lot of the cash, but we don't know. There you have it. That's uh, very funny. You know, who also has made a ton of money is uh, Fat Stacey Abrams, who of course lost the gubernatorial race in the great state. Why are you laughing, Phil? What? Why are you laughing? What? You have to clarify that she's fat. <laughs> Did I say that? No, yeah, I, I think I may, maybe I misheard it, but I, I think I heard "fat Stacey." Abrams. Yeah, I may have said that. Yeah, yeah. you didn't. Miss I like to be descriptive. I want people to know who I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I see. It's a good thing you you did. Stacey Abrams because sounds like some anyone. nice little Jewish girl in Borough Park. Exactly. It sounds like like a children's book author, right? But you said "fat Stacey Abrams." I go. The politician. I know exactly. Right. There so, you, yeah, go. you got it. it. did help. It so helped. I did good. Yeah, yeah very oh, good. Well, well, thank you. So, Fat Stacey Abrams, she, 
<laughs> she ran for governor in Georgia, where they just uh, you know beat up my friend Rudy Giuliani, those bastards. And uh, she was broke, you know, she was fat and broke. Those are two horrible things. And uh, now she's like a millionaire. I don't know. These people get involved in politics. Somebody said, "Oh, my driver this morning, Freddie." He said, Sid, you'd be a great politician. You should be a politician. And I, you know, my first response was, well, I have to take a major pay cut. And then I said to myself, wait a second. Fat Stacey Abrams, millionaire. Liz Cheney, millionaire. Joe Biden, millionaire. Clinton, Obama, money you could never dream of. Wait a second. Maybe Freddie's got a point. I mean, I make a nice living. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a millionaire. Not even close. Which I know is ridiculous, but it's true. Um, so maybe Fred's right. But then I have to worry about all, you know, the, uh, they, 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 they do a deep dive. You know what I'm saying, Lou? <laughs> they, they wouldn't even have to do a deep dive. <laughs> open up the Wikipedia article. They're like, oh, no. A deep dive. <laughs> we got it. Let's go to the, the first entry on Google. Let's see. <laughs> it's my mugshot. I'm not even kidding you. I swear to God. I'm being serious. Yeah. Okay, we can find some other candidates here. Let's see, Rosenberg. Okay, uh, fine. <laughs> I think he was just being facetious, but who knows? I th- actually, beside that, I think it would be interesting to see you run. You'd like office. to see that, right? Oh, I'd like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> debate should be uh, hilarious. Uh, yes. you, think, you think Trump is good on stage? Yeah. Wait till you see big Sid Rosenberg out there. Oh, baby. Uh, traffic and sports you're are coming. Fat, you're stupid. <laughs> You have no idea what you're talking about. What do you got? Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to Cut the Chase. So I like this lady a lot. Laura Curran used to be the Nassau County executive. She's on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Laura talks about how inmates ugh, can be helped. My guest on Cut to the Chase today is... Suffolk County Sheriff Errol Toulon, Jr. How can inmates in the jail be helped? To help those individuals so they never wind up in jail, where there's services in the community so that they can get the necessary help. So they're not going to rehab, they're not getting help, they might not be able to afford it or have the wherewithal, so jail is it. Jail is where they're getting the help. We're looking to connect them to the services in the various communities they're returning back to. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. What an emotional, unbelievable win for the Yankees. They needed a win badly, facing a sweep at the hands of the Tampa Bay Rays. That game was 4-4 after 9. They went to extras, and the Rays got 3 in the 10th. So the Yankees were staring at another loss, down 7-4 to in the bottom of the 10th. Bases loaded. Josh Donaldson, not that long ago, vilified for the whole fight with Tim Anderson, stepped to the plate. And what happened next is a dream for a Yankee fan. High fly ball, deep right, going back to Rosarena. See ya! A walk-off grand slam for Josh Donaldson. And the Yankees pull victory from the jaws of defeat. Michael Kay, that's a great call. Yes, Network, yes, the Yankees win the game on the Grand Slam walk-off home run by Josh Donaldson, 8-7. to Yankees now lead Tampa Bay and Toronto by 10 games, and the Yanks start a four-game set against the Blue Jays in the Bronx later on tonight. Frankie Montas on the mound for the Yankees. Jose Berrios on the mound for Toronto. The Mets needed a win, too. They lost the last two games in Atlanta. Max Scherzer on the mound, but how about Brett Beatty, drafted in 2019, called 
called up to play his very first game ever as a New York Met playing third base last night. His mother, father, and sister in the stands. And on the second pitch he sees of his first major league at bat, he also made it a dream come true. Gets a breaking ball, hits it out to right. Acuna goes back to the warning track, looks up, and he's out of here. How about that? Greg Beatty hits a two-run homer in his first major league at bat. Second pitch he sees, and Beatty hits it out of the yard. A moment to remember from Fred, Fred Beatty and his family. A 2-1 homer, and it's 4 nothing New York. Gary Cohen on the call. SNY, two home runs for Sterling Marte. The Lisa Ganji happy recap. Has the Mets beating the Braves 9-7, back up to a four-and-a-half game lead. DeGrom on the mound against the Braves later on tonight. And LeBron James, a two-year contract extension with the Lakers. He'll get about $98 million. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Curtis Sliwa, live in studio, coming up next with Sports. I'm Sid. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You read page 27. You'll see he credits me with saving his radio life. Saving it. Not for Jesus. Not for Hashem. Not for Buddha. Not for any God, not for Allah. For radio. Oh my God, and look at page 27. I'm telling you people, you steal this book, it's so important. If you can't afford it, steal it. It'll be life altering. I've never before read anything that has had such an impact on my life. Oh God, there's one last thing you gotta do in your life, Citizens United. If you can't buy it, steal it. You gotta see this this reel on Instagram. Curtis Sliwa, the genius, the Hall of Famer, the all-time great, is literally like on a garbage pail outside on 50th Street with my new book, Citizens United, which he is on page 27. I gave him a copy of the book a couple of days ago, and he's screaming at New Yorkers walking by uh, about the book. Not only does Curtis uh, really man the ship here all weekend, every weekend, does a great show middays, 12 to 1, every day as well. And really, and I mean this sincerely, one of the greatest radio personalities, I believe, in the history of radio in New York. And for some reason... Without any provocation, I swear to you folks, without any provocation, he has taken it upon himself to make sure my book is a New York Times bestseller. Yes. Now, why is that? Yes, what? I must proselytize this each and every day because in life, right, for a long time, the Scientologist said, you have to read Dianetics, L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, yes. You yes. have to read Dianetics. Most sold book other than the Bible. Remember? <laughs> they did Dianetics, say that. And they shove it in your face and they said, if you don't do anything in your life. You have to read Dianetics. Dianetics. 
So I read Dianetics, and I said, for this, I wasted a part of my life. And Sid Rosen, and I was fascinated, you know, with Johnny Russo. I said, oh, my God, the Godfather. <laughs> this guy's going to take a vig out of you like you won't believe. And then I saw, oh, oh, wait a second. Wow. You got the starting opening pages by John Katzmatidis and Bernard McGurk. Yes. I didn't even get a thumbnail sketch, but then I read deep into the bowels of this Citizens United. And not only was I on page 27. Yes, you were. I was on page 169, as you called Eric Adams de Blasio 2.0 before <laughs> he proved he was 2.0, and you talked about my candidacy for me. Yes, yeah, don't forget, I wrote that book seven months ago. Yes. Now everybody else has come along, including my partner, oh, Eric Adams. I wrote that seven months ago. I knew Eric Adams was no good, and I did uh, say in the book that I wanted you to win, right? So, yes, yes. So you're in the book twice? Oh, twice, twice. <laughs> It uh, makes it so nice. I read it every day. Notice, look, where do I have my bookmarkers, right? Page 169 and page 27. See, here's what you become. You're either on WABC doing shows, and you're yes, great. Yes. You're um, promoting my book, or you're like a member of the Giuliani family. Yes, yes. So I was expecting to see Rudy Giuliani walk out of the grand jury in Georgia yesterday, and you standing outside the courtroom holding my book, yelling and screaming, Free Rudy, read Citizens United. Oh, in <laughs> fact, your own Lou was here on the show that I do, 12, 15, 1. And right before we went into the courtroom, we played Leonard Skinner, Free Bird. Oh, I love it. To Free Rudy, Free Because, you know, that would have brought all the crackers out there in Georgia. They'd have been surrounding the courthouse. You're right. What a phenomenal opportunity. Yes, you blew that one. You know, I'm landslice. I know. I don't know a camera and a microphone that I don't love. I, I could have held your book up, and I could have been railing. It could have been huge for me. Now, I do, I do want to make the point that Andrew Giuliani, who had a great run for governor, now we all love Lee Zeldin. We want Zeldin to win in yes, a big way. Yes. But the kid had a great run. You were you were huge for him. He filled in for his father on the station yesterday. I actually called in. So did Zeldin. He was really, 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 really good. Uh, but Rudy was, in fact, in Georgia yesterday, and he's going to join me at 740. It's a big deal. But I'm still trying to figure out why he was there. What, what is Whoa. what? Hold on, hold on, say. Yeah. He can't tell you anything. Uh, he can't, right? You're going to say, Rudy, he's, uh, I am prohibited from speaking about whatever testimony. Well, that's true, because so the grand jury, you can't choice. do that. Right. You can't do one it. of three choices. Yeah. So he either did what Trump did 440 times and take the Fifth Amendment. Probably not. That's not Rudy. Uh, Rudy probably said, hey, this is client lawyer privileged information. I'm not sharing it with you. Come on. You know the rules. Or... Oh, and this is something that maybe some of your friends would have done. Uh, okay. Um, can we take a little recess? Maybe we can make a little deal here. Oh. You know, I'm beginning to feel a little heat here. And all <laughs> of a sudden, the DEA of Fulton County would have said, Judge, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on a second. Sidebar. We got to get the feds involved here, the DOJ here. Let's get Garland on the phone. Let's cut a deal with Rudy right now. He would never do that. No, he wouldn't do that. I was going to say to you, of those three scenarios which you laid out, what do you think really did happen? Oh, one. Client, client one. lawyer privilege. Yeah. Client. Yeah. I, I think he's going to hang his entire reputation on that. Either that or he will hang. You know, in days of old, 
down in Atlanta. If you were a Yankee fan, they would have hung you from the nearest telephone pole. So I did mention in the book uh, seven months ago that Eric Adams was going to be Bill de Blasio 2.0. Right there, page 169 for everybody to read. Not that I'm Nostradamus, but I've been right so far. And, of course, you ran against him. Uh, The city would be so much better off if you actually won. I jokingly said to you this morning, is Adams doing any better? Every week I ask you the same question. And you started to laugh. So he's not doing any better. No. No, no, it's getting worse and worse. By the way, though, I want to compliment you because you gave a panoply of different information, not only the historical information, so important, but also about health and wellness and fitness. Yeah, thanks. And you promoted what my father promoted for years on my Polish side, Chester, garlic. Yes, I did. Let me tell you a story about my father. He grew up in a Polish family, Chicago, and they would put garlic in his milk. They put garlic, garlic in everything. garlic in his milk? Garlic in his milk. The old East European attitude, this would ward off not only evil spirits, wickers, and witches. Right, vampires. They, they can't, they, if you put garlic, they go, of right. course, or garlic. Right, right, right exactly. Right. And it would it cure whatever bothers you. Problem was, imagine being Polish, going up in a family where everything was laced with garlic. My father was allergic to it. He, oh. he would blow up like a balloon. Oh, my God, like Martin Short in that movie Potluck and the Helicopter. Right, but even he said to me, son, even though it would blow me up like a balloon, even though I was allergic, we're going to test to see if you're allergic <laughs> right now. We're taking those garlic cloves and we're shoving it down your throat. We're rubbing it all over your chest. It is an amazing Much better. Let me tell you something. You rub that in your chest. It's better than Vicks Vapor Rub. Trust yes. me. So when I, I met your mom, God rest her soul, before she died, lovely, lovely, adorable lady. How old were you when your father died? Uh, 94, 92. So you were how old at that point? Uh, ooh, wow, man. I'm getting up there in years. I've seen. Yeah, you're old. Yeah, you're uh, old. I was about mm, 62. Right, so you read in the book, uh, the book is dedicated to my father, oh, Harvey. Yes. There's oh, a yes. picture of my dad. A lot of stories about me and my dad, Little League football. I don't know the answer to this. Were you close with your father? Was oh, that... very close. Very close. But I must tell you, when I read about your dad and I read about your football saga. Yeah. And how you were as scared uh, taking that football as you were talking to Imus each morning. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I must tell you that when I saw Harvey, I said, Harvey, <laughs> not Weinstein. I guess having Well, Harvey's a funny name from the Goody Odd Couple show. You know, you just mentioned Imus. And uh, when Howard Stern had me on years ago, he brought me on for a run. He didn't care about me. He couldn't care. But he thought I would come on and just vilify, eviscerate Don Imus. And I told the story yesterday that the problem was I had gotten a call in New York that morning from Mark Chernoff that Imus wanted me back. So I'm sitting there on the Howard Stern show (laughs) with one job to kill Imus, knowing the following week I'd be back with Imus. So it wasn't an easy morning. But you, you went on Stern, and you demolished Imus. I eviscerated him, and they had warned me. They had warned me in Cumulus at that time, the owners and operators. You go on with Stern. It'll be the last day you're ever on radio. We, oh, oh, because Imus was on their station. Yes. This was Mary Burner? That, that That's right. Back then? And that man behind the bulletproof glass, Lou, had walked in preliminarily, eyeballed me and Kubi and our staff, and I said to everybody there, we're dead. It's, it's over. <laughs> I know this guy, man. He is here to take over the morning show. They said, no, you're overreacting. I said, what the hell is he doing here? Lou, I will hate you to the day I die. I give you the Malukia, the Italian. Oh, God. No, but, but the, it was easy for you to, to hate Imus because the truth is you and Ron Kuby yes. had a very successful morning show. Mm-hmm. 
And then when FAN fired Imus, he needed a home, and ABC was all too willing to get rid of you guys like you were garbage, like like a dirty diaper, to get Imus yeah, on yeah, the yeah. But before he did that, okay, what he was over at uh, Women's Only Radio, W-O-R. <laughs> he was negotiating with them. Yeah, that never happened. With Buckley, uh, the, the, the uh, fish uh, and alcohol. Uh, oh, wait a second. You're saying that's propaganda? Yeah, oh, you mean he went right yeah. to WABC yeah. oh, to take our morning show? Yes, and you've never gotten over that, have you? No, yeah. I haven't, although you were not part of that cabal at that time. No, I wasn't, but I certainly did a fair bash job myself. So. But you lose until the, the day I die. Well, my Luke, yeah, double my Luke to you. But anyway, let me tell you, I went on the uh, Stern Show, and actually he just wanted me to double eviscerate. Uh, I said, wait a second. I'm also here to let you know that without Bernard McGurk, Imus would be a blind guy without a stick. You did do that. You actually made Bernie the star of the show. Absolutely, because people didn't realize that oftentimes... I miss, for whatever reason, because I would watch in the studio, would languish. He'd be at the ranch, oh, and yeah. Bernie would have to throw him lifeline after lifeline oh, yeah. after lifeline. Not only that, but, and, and, I, and Luke could tell you this, too, uh, countless interviews, which I miss did not want to work on, and Bernard would write the questions Everything. to Imus. So Imus would have a TV screen in front of him in New Mexico. He'd ask this really, really good question during the interview, which was written by our guy Bernie. Yeah, that, happened, meantime, that happened forever. Meantime, he wanted to drop the hammer on Bernie. He yes, wanted he to did. fire Bernie. Well, he No, he did fire Bernie. And then Roger Ailes and Bo Deedle make sure they, that he rehired him when he came here to WABC. Worst, the double discarci of all time, <laughs> the double shanda, yes. was that he lobbied <laughs> against Bernie and you yes. taking the mid-morning show from Geraldo <laughs> Rivera, who was never here. Never hey, is Geraldo here today? No, 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 no. no. Uh, you think he has time to do a radio show here? Well, so, he was busy. He was on Celebrity Apprentice. He actually won. Didn't know he lost. He lost to the girl from Entertainment Tonight, Geraldo uh, Rivera, who, by the way, at this station got a 0.0. 0. Yeah, no, no, he was never here. He was <laughs> never 0. on the air. 0.0. And I would say, when is Geraldo going to be on the air? Well, maybe a few months <laughs> from now, right? So I said, what's wrong with Bernie and Sid? Oh, well, I'm his, uh, he wants Mike Lubica. Yeah. Mike Lubica? He's horrible. I've, I've, I've watched him on ESPN TV. I've heard him on ESPN radio. He's horrible. Writes great sports columns for the Daily News. But other than that, oh, and by the way, we're going to let him do the program from his basement in New Canaan, Connecticut. Yes. What? Yeah. That's that's what Chad said. This ain't going to work. No. He's not doing the show. Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. But the fact that Imus would be lobbying against the both of you, and what I and others did is we bum-rushed uh, Chad in that office. Yes, you did. He had the contract on his table. Page 27. All, all he that. had to do was sign it, and it would have been a fait accompli. It would have been Mike Lupica. But he didn't sign Snoring it. radio. The great Chad Lopez has great instincts. He did not sign it. Let me ask you this on the way out. Being you've been, how long have you been doing radio? In your, what, what is it, on the way out? Do you know something I don't know? Yeah, I, have, no, I don't mean the building. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I never take that for granted. Every day they lend us the microphone. Uh, every right. day they can take it back. Believe me, it's been taken away from you me. Said a you said you were Nostradamus. <laughs> a prognosticator. What do you know? What do you know? I don't Sid? know anything. You're good. You know, we're all neurotic, neurotic in radio. Yes, we're all nervous. Yes, How many sir. years have you been doing this now? Uh, 33 years. 33. Four years of my life at AM 970, the answer, I will never get back. Oh, you I don't, were there too? I, I don't believe anybody listened to me. I did morning drive in a place called Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, a placebo city. I never saw anybody get in and out of their car, go in and out of their house. When I said, hey, I got to go back. I got to do afternoon drive yeah, yeah. at the Hotel Pennsylvania with all the rats and the scourge. And I, I need to catch the Port Authority bus back. They said, well, you got to go up and catch it on the boulevard. 
I said, what Boulevard? <laughs> Boulevard. That's the name of it. Boulevard. Boulevard. That's the name, It yes. was like out of yes. the Twilight Zone. I know. I know. Uh, but you've had this amazing career. When I say things like you're a Hall of Famer, I really mean that. I think you're, you're, you're great at this. Oh, by I the mean, way, Wade, you left one thing out. So then I do afternoon drive yeah. in the window of the Hotel Pennsylvania, and guys are coming by with their toolies going, gee, is this bulletproof or not? Can I test this out? <laughs> and you know who my partner was? Who? Former Governor David Patterson. Oh, that's right. I knew that. And I yes. said, yeah. like Henny Youngman, yeah. take my wife. Well, well, he did. And he did, that's right? That's weird, I know. What a weird that guy that love is blind. No, I, love see is see blind. what he did? Love is blind. Yes. David Patterson. Love very is good. blind. It doesn't bother you that he's on in the afternoons and bangs your ex-wife? It doesn't bother you? Uh, just... No, it doesn't. Okay. In right. fact, the more you want misery, the more the better. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> all right, so listen. It's like Kathy Bates. I, I, I hated James Conn. He sued me. He sued me. I know that. And I love that well, movie, Misery, when Kathy Bates said, bang, both, way, both his ankles. And he who, said, oh, but I love you. Who, who hasn't sued you? Uh, in the final 30 seconds, 30 seconds, Curtis Lee was a valued opinion. Uh, keep you out of it. Who was the greatest Radio talk show host you've ever heard. Bob Grant, king of all talk and, and radio. People say, yeah, he was. Without, huh? I mean, he could change on a dime. People would call up, Bob, I love you. Get off my phone, yeah, you yeah, But I love you. I love you. Yeah. He would flip. He would have a dominatrix come into the studio and whip him in the studio. What? Yes. I mean, this wasn't just theater of the mind like what I do. This right. is the real deal. Oh, my God. I love the king of talk radio, Bob Grant, wherever you are, Bob, because without him, I'd never be in talk radio. Right. They said, you take that urchin out of here, that street thug, that mama loops. <laughs> and Bob said, no, you got to have Curtis on because he knows where the bones are buried and who it's true. buried them. It's true. No, he's By the a- way, you got to get this book, Sid Rosenberg, <laughs> Citizens United, Salacious Field Story Suggestions and Solutions to Withstand a Woke World. It is a life-altering experience. If you can't buy it, steal it. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Some time ago, Eddie tells me in a moment of weakness, I agreed to have Sid on today. Sid is in New York to do a book signing at the Hard Rock today in Midtown or at the stadium? Yankee Stadium, I guess. Well, it's not actually in Yankee Stadium. It's actually, you you can go in the Hard Rock, then it connects to Yankee Stadium. It's not actually inside. You go in from the outside. Oh, really? Yes. It's actually got its own entrance. So you're in the Hard Rock, but it's not, you're not in Yankee Stadium. So in other words, just going to the Hard Rock doesn't mean necessarily that I'm going to see the Yankees play the Twins tonight. Well, unless you have a ticket. Well, I don't have a ticket. Well, no, then you got to get a ticket or, or a credential. Well, I was, was going to ask you for a ticket. No, I don't have a ticket. But uh, no. I, I gave them away. I gave the tickets away. But uh, no, that doesn't get you actually in the stadium. Oh, I didn't know that. No, it's yeah. not. It's not like you're in the stadium and then there's the Hard Rock in there. You actually have an entrance from the street to the Hard Rock, and then you need a ticket to get in the or a credential to get in the entrance. I don't have either one of those. Well, things. then you're going to watch it at the Hard Rock. Tonight. Right. I thought I had a captive audience. I forget I got fifty thousand strong that I'm going to have to be there to see me sign my no, book. That's not going to happen. No. no. None of them Are you coming, by the way? Because no. i got a, spe- a special table for Sorry, you. Sorry, I'm like. not coming. I'll no. buy you dinner. No, I'll be there. As a matter of fact, Monday for the Red Sox. Well, I won't be there. I'll be back in Florida well, on that's Monday. that's good. That's where I'm going.
That was um, 12 years ago, believe it or not. I uh, came to New York to um, sign my first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, which you can still buy, mind you. With my second book, Citizens United, you can buy them both. It's like 42 bucks on Amazon this morning. And uh, Mike Francesa, the great Mike, uh, said that I can come into WFAN and he'd promote it. And that was it. That was a conversation. Uh, about 20 minutes on how the Hard Rock is not in Yankee Stadium and how he was not coming to the book signing and was not going to give me any tickets to the Yankees either. But he was kind enough to have me in studio. That was only 12 years ago? <laughs> that was it. 2010. Sounds like you didn't go through puberty. I know. <laughs> My voice was so much higher. But, yeah, that was 2010. And uh, it took 12 years to get my second book deal. So thank you to Mike Brancessa for that. I get some good memories already this morning. Don Imus and Mike Brancessa, along with the stuff we've discussed, Liz Cheney, Woody Giuliani, an amazing appearance by Curtis Sliwa. Talking about Woody Giuliani, he will join us live coming up at 740 in about 30 minutes. And then, of course, it is Thursday. That means the great Bill O'Reilly will be here at 840. So we played a bunch of uh, Liz Cheney audio yesterday from the Today Show, courtesy of NBC, after her embarrassing defeat in Wyoming a couple of days ago. Well, Mike Pence was at it again yesterday, Donald Trump's vice president. And uh, these guys hate each other. Bottom line, let's stop. They hate each other. I know Pence, a couple of weeks ago in Washington, D.C., said, well, you know, his policies and we're in lockstep and blah, blah, blah. They don't like each other. Uh, There's no question about that. And Pence, uh, who has already said he may run for president in 2024, which is about as ridiculous as Liz Cheney running. Neither one of them have a shot in hell. But uh, yesterday he was yelling and screaming about Merrick Garland. So he was defending Donald Trump in one matter. But then he said he'd actually consider testifying in front of the January 6th commission, which, of course, makes no sense. So here he is uh, talking about holding Merrick Garland accountable this is Trump's vice president, Mike Pence, who does an awful lot of talking these days. Mike Pence, Lewis, number one. I also want to remind my fellow Republicans, we can hold the attorney general accountable for the decision that he made without attacking rank and file law enforcement personnel at the FBI. The Republican Party is the party of law and order. Our party stands with the men and women who serve on the thin blue line at the federal and state and local level. And these attacks on the FBI must stop. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. Now, who's attacking the FBI? I mean, this psycho, for example, uh, who went to the FBI office in Cincinnati with a nail gun and an AR-15 last week. He's a maniac. He's not one of us. When me and Bernie come on the air, we don't attack the FBI. We give out the facts. You know, I had uh, George in here, George V, and he is the chief of staff. He's basically John Katsimatidis' security right-hand guy at Red Apple. He's a lovely man, a great man, and a very smart guy. And uh, 28 years between the DEA and the FBI, 24 years at the FBI. And we had a very mature conversation on Friday about the FBI. And he said, look, Sid, you got to understand. Most of us, the overwhelming majority, are good Americans, and I agreed. I agreed. But, 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 whether it's been a, uh, a Jim Comey, whether it's been a McCabe, whether it's been the current crook in charge, Christopher Ray, or the back-and-forth lovey text between Page and Stroke, we've got ample, ample and irrefutable evidence of corrupt FBI people 
in the last couple of years, making big decisions, decisions like, oh, I don't know, Hillary Clinton clearly guilty of deleting 33,000 emails despite a subpoena, but according to Jim Comey, we're not going to charge her. Well, if you don't think there's some bias there, then you're either stupid or naive, if not closer to the latter. So the FBI has given us many examples over the last couple of years that shows that they are corrupt and in bed with the Democrats. That's not the whole FBI, but we're going to point out when those things happen. So why Mike Pence is saying, well, Republicans are killing the FBI. We're stating the facts, Mike Pence. You were VP for Donald Trump. They made this poor bastard's life miserable. Oh, like Lou said earlier, how soon we forget. How soon we forget. Right now, Mike Pence should be calling out Merrick Garland, which he did, and stop worrying about how Republicans, his party, feel about a very corrupt FBI at the top, not the rank and file. Here's Mike Pence, number two. We need to get to the bottom of what happened. We need to let the facts play out. But more than anything else, the American people need to be reassured in the integrity of our justice system and the very appearance of a recurrence of politics playing a role in decisions that the Justice Department demands transparency as never before. And I will continue to call on the Attorney General and the Justice Department to make that information available to the American people and do so now. So then after the speech in New Hampshire, they asked him about the possibility, if not probability, of testifying before this January 6th committee, this sham, you know. And, um, of course, if he had any allegiance to Trump and the party and people like me and Bernie, quite frankly, he would say, no way, no way. That what Mike Pence said. Mike Pence, number three. If there was an invitation to participate, I would consider it. Why? But you've heard me mention the Constitution a few times this morning. On the Constitution, we have three co-equal branches of government. And uh, any invitation to be directed to me, I would have to reflect on the, the unique role that I was serving in as vice president. I can't stand Mike Pence. That's it. I'm done with him. You like uh, Mike Pence, Lewis? Uh, I actually had no opinion about him. He's <laughs> about as he's like a shelled uh, fly strip up there. I didn't even you know, that's how you right. know he's there. You don't even know he's there. You know, but he did play an important role during the whole COVID thing. I mean, he was actually, I thought he did a really good job during that period because Trump was trying to figure out how do I combat COVID and not completely destroy the economy. So he was kind of busy with that. And Fauci and Burks, you couldn't trust them. And Pence, to me, to me, during that very delicate time, I thought Mike Pence did a really good job and maybe was the most trustworthy and best talker of all during that very scary period. So I gave him credit for that. Outside of that, you're right, he's like a wet fart. Right, he was calm. Right. That's about the best I think. Well, that's what he is. He's just a calm guy, Uh, right? Yeah. No, no pulse. Yeah. So the other big story today, too, outside of Liz Cheney, Mike Pence, is the CDC. And uh, me and Bernie are very tough on the CDC. I had the conversation with Dr. Nicole Sapphire. When was that? Yesterday, maybe Friday. And I said to her, why, 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 or do people still care what they say? Well, the government is waiting for the next CDC. Why? Do you know the CDC came out yesterday? You know who blasted the CDC yesterday? The CDC. They blame themselves. They said we're a mess. We are a mess. I've been saying that for months. Again, 
not Nostradamus. I told you Eric Adams would suck, and he sucks. I told you the CDC is no good for months. I don't care what they say. They should not be providing guidelines for anybody. They're a joke. So this uh, Molly Hemingway, she's a Fox News contributor. She talked about the CDC admitting their incompetence yesterday. This is pretty scary stuff. These are the people the government relies on to keep you folks informed and healthy. And like sheep, you pay attention. This is Molly Hemingway, number uh, 14, 14. I'm someone who has been ignoring the CDC for decades. I like raw cookie dough. I eat my meat pretty rare. So I have practice ignoring the CDC. But they had tremendous power during this pandemic to control the lives of tens of millions of Americans in really bad ways. I mean, children who will never be the same because of mask mandates, people who lost their jobs because of vaccine mandates, people, you know, the crushing of the economy. The loss of trust in public health is catastrophic. And I agree with Howie. Changing or reorganizing the CDC does nothing even close to approaching what needs to be done to restore that trust. And now we're a dear friend, Dr. Mark Siegel, on Fox News yesterday. He talked more about how scary this is, the incompetence of the CDC. I talked to CDC throughout the day today. It's an admission that the culture is wrong. The culture is based on scientists doing deep dives, delaying, delaying until they're sure and vetting something. And then there are internal offices within CDC, Brett, that are problematic during a pandemic. There you have it. So the CDC admits, admits they're a mess, they're incompetent, and yet, yet we still rely on them for guidelines. What we really should have done two years ago, was rely on Bernie and Sid. <laughs> we had it right from day one. I'm telling you, folks, everybody was staying home, not going out. Where were we? Bernie was driving in every day with his little pocket knife down to Madison Square Garden. I was the only person on the one-train platform month after month after month. We were there every day. Boomer was at home on Long Island Len Berman was at home, wherever he is, and me and Bernie, right there, didn't stop us. And look, we didn't want to get it. I don't think Bernie ever got it. Now, of course, he's got something much worse, but uh, I eventually got it about a year and a half into it, August of uh, last summer. But we didn't we didn't um, change our lives. You know, I remember when they uh, told us to stop going to the gym, for example. I was going every day. Some days, because I was so nervous we were going to shut it down, I went twice a day. Now, Danielle was furious. You know, she started the same thing now with monkeypox, my wife. You know, I went to get my uh, body shaved because I have the barber. He takes a buzzer. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. second. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get way too far. All right. Can you just repeat that part? Yeah, well, what happens is uh, most guys that lift weights, there's no hair on their body. The backs, our chest, our arms, completely shaved. It's much sexier, especially when you have muscle and you're tan. You don't grow hair on your body. Yeah. You didn't know that. Uh, no. You look at me. Do you, do you think, I, think I, I am a, I'm a proponent or a, a student? Well, have you ever no. seen a good-looking guy on TV or in the movies with a hairy back or a hairy chest? Well, obviously, if they have a hairy, but they're not going to, right, they're not going to show them in the back. No, they, 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 they shave. Everybody shaves. Okay, well, right. They shave Burn, I told you, Burn, but, Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So I go to a specific, right. I go to a specific barber who does it for me. And now Danielle is concerned that I'm going to get the monkey pox 
right. from the buzzer. Okay, we got to go back again. Yeah, okay. second. Yeah. All right, so you All right. go to a guy. I go to a guy. Yeah. That Shay. Okay, so what are you? Are you in a waiting room with a bunch of other guys? No, no. I'm sitting there in the barber shop with little kids, mothers, everyday New Yorkers, shirtless, in right. the chair with no clothes on outside of my pants, going through a body shave. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's going to take me a little while to process that for a second. I mean, I know, I know a lot about you, but you know, it's, it seems like as the months go on, I, I, I all of a sudden something stops me yeah. in the middle of the street. I don't like, you get you should, body shaved. You should come with me sometimes. Is, is, I, I, I could safely say this in all the time on this planet, I've yeah. never used a sentence. Well, yesterday I went to get my body shaved. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my uh, God. All right. Well, it That's does good. happen. Good for you. God well, bless. thank you very God much. Bless. But now Danielle's nervous. I'm going to get monkeypox from the razor. I'm like, come on. I went through two years of COVID hell. You know, there was a time when I lived in an apartment building. I didn't live in my own house. And I had like 20 people living on my floor. She would make me strip naked outside the front door. I was not allowed to wear any clothing <laughs> that I wore out. I swear to God. I had to get stripped naked at my front door before I can walk in. Now the monkeypox, she's starting to develop these same COVID habits. What, so what did that do? She took your clothes and put them in the laundry? R- went right in the washing machine okay. every day. Okay. And I had a shower right away. Naked at the door. I'm standing outside in the lobby, Lou. I'm not kidding. Naked. <laughs> naked. Yeah. With cameras everywhere. And, uh, and then jump in the shower. And then I can get dressed. But if I went back outside... Naked, shower, that's it. I mean, that's what they do to the CDC doctors when they're wearing those big hazmat suits. Yeah, exactly. And they spray them yes. out. And- so now I get my body shaved, and I got to go through 20 minutes of a whole dissertation about monkeypox. It just never ends, Lewis. What chapter of the book is uh, the, the body shaving in? I just chapter wanna... four. Okay. <laughs> hope it's in, because I want to get to that quick when I read <laughs> We've got Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Rudy Giuliani. This hour alone, then you get Bill O'Reilly. Lydia reports, beat Sid, a whole bunch of good stuff. Thursday edition of the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. We are Bernie and Sid. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, this I know. COVID loves the Bidens. Joe got it two times this summer. Now Jill has it. Both twice faxed, twice boosted, both protected from the public and from Chinese bats. So what does it tell you, Michael, as Hyman Roth asked in The Godfather 2? Well, it clearly says the COVID vaccine is not protective in many cases. Now, from the very beginning, I said that accepting the vax was a personal decision. I did get it four times, and I never got COVID. Not because I was vaxxed, because I was lucky. By the way, I did not have any side effects from the vaccine. Now, the Biden administration says there is a new vaccine coming. But unless there is research that I can clearly see, I'm not getting it. And if the government starts punishing people again for their no-vax status, as it did, 
I will holler long and loud and demand Jill Biden come to my house to explain. Big Pharma has made hundreds of millions of dollars, perhaps billions, on the vax. And all the Bidens got was lockdown time. Not even a T-shirt. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dishwalla, right, Dishwalla? Bang, bang. 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 Counting blue cards. Well, I hope um, Tacinelli's listening right now. Glenn Tacinelli, Leslie Slender, Jimmy Incorvaya, and the whole uh, sales force. Because tomorrow, something goes my voice, by the way, because they're working me like an animal here. But uh, tomorrow, I'm heading to the Crystal Springs Resort with the beautiful Danielle. And Gabe, Abe is in Mexico, and um, the place is gorgeous, nestled away in the mountains of northern New Jersey, three days of relaxation, couples massage. We are going to do some axe throwing at the wine tasting. That'll be uh, interesting, but <laughs> it's going to be really great. And um, you hear that? My voice is cracked. This uh, lady, <clears throat> Michelle, is taking very good care of us, and Leslie. So we're going there tomorrow. And I'm going to make sure that I have with me a healthy supply of Blue Chew, which are gummies that is the equivalent of Cialis and Viagra. And the more good news is I could take my Blue Chew and have fun at night, but in the daytime I can work out in the gym and not worry about having any pain because just last week, I went to Trinity Rehab and made sure that my muscles and my body was in good shape. And the better oh news, God. and the better news is that I don't have to worry about being overweight in the gym because, of course, I'm all about NJDiet.com. What I did right there, folks, was find a way <laughs> to involve four sponsors. And who knows? Maybe at some point, they're not on yet, but I'll sit back and watch the Mets and place a wager before on FanDuel.com. There you go, folks. Why you get the big bucks? Take notes. 
No, actually, I'm looking forward to going away tomorrow. I'm tired. And it's a gorgeous place. And you should go there, too, with MJ, Lou. You should go with us one time. Cool. Save me some blue chew. <laughs> I, I got a whole bag of it. So before the show today, I said to Justin, I said, I want to do like an, an experiment, you know. And um, I want all of the guys, you, Lou, you, Macedonia, Phil, Justin, Frankie, to take two blue chews. And um, I want you to come back to me in an hour because Justin wears these shorts that are tighter than the shorts that John Stockton wore when he played for the Utah Jazz. So I want to do an experiment during the show. Take two blue, uh, two blue chew at like seven o'clock and see what happens. You know what pops up at eight. What? Two? Hello. Yeah, two? but I have compressions on these shorts. What does that mean? Like I have um, a liner underneath. Oh, so because I'm going to the gym later. Uh huh. I'm gonna hit the squat rack. Yeah. You Just, go to the gym? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have an, a, a, a a scintilla of muscle on your whole body. See, that's where you're wrong. I got to tell you, he's right about that. He's, no, I mean, he walks in here, and I know his outline better than I know my own. Why is but, that? Because he's a he's an extrovert. He shows off. I know. He, does, he, he is, does. yeah. He's funny, yeah, though. He, he can't wait. I know. He's really funny, though. I could yeah. bang out like uh, I could bang out like a good 30 push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I believe you. Yeah. So you're not going to take the blue chew? Uh, no, I, I'll I, I'll take the blue chew. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, it, like, yeah. you're not going to get what you want, which is me, you know, getting an erection and then running around the office with right. with the erection clearly, because sure. yeah. you know, I'll, I could just basically tuck it into the waist. Do you know that in my medicine cabinet right now? And I wonder if this makes me a degenerate. I've actually, I swear to God, I've got the uh, generic. Cialis from my doctor, generic Viagra, and Blue Chew, all in my medicine cabinet right now. I have three different ways to make sure I'll be the sexual dynamo that I am. No. Does that right. make me a degenerate? Or? Uh, no, I mean... Makes you, you a drug dealer. Y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you're old. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, traffic and sports... <laughs> You gotta do these things when you're old. That's funny. No, no, it's a very good line. Traffic is a very good line. No Bluetooth for you. (laughs) Traffic and sports are coming up next. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rudy Giuliani took a midnight train to Georgia, but he was there. And Rudy should know that his son, Andrew, who's become a very close friend of mine, did a great job filling in 
for Rudy yesterday. Rudy is on every weekday afternoon at 3 o'clock and does a tremendous show. The esteemed mayor, the greatest politician in the history of New York. And uh, for some reason, which I still can't figure out, he had to face a grand jury in Georgia yesterday. And I guess he answered a bunch of stuff about January 6th. I, I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, here he is, uh, my friend, the esteemed mayor, WABC personality, an all-time New York great, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, Bernie's out today. It's just Sid. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Sid. How, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, your son was great building in for you I, yesterday while you were in I Georgia. I was able to hear some of it uh, going to the plane. I had just finished. Uh, I had just finished the testimony, and I talked to him about 15 minutes before he went on, and I was really excited for him. He's terrific. He, he really terrific. is great. He really is great. All kidding aside. So, listen. I know you can't speak about specifics. People keep asking you. You can't do that after a grand jury. Just explain one thing to me, right? Like I'm sure. a first grader. Why were you there in the first place? What do they think you did? Oh, okay. I was the attorney for I represented Donald Trump in front of the legislature of the state of Georgia. They held three days of hearings and they produced a rather good report from Senator William Liggett. Uh, In fact, I would say of all the legislatures, they and Pennsylvania did the best job. Nobody pays attention to it. But I mean, they had 50 or 60 witnesses that laid out a fraud case. I mean, if you believe the witnesses, the, the, the impression that's given is that the allegation of voter fraud is made up by Donald Trump or by me or by Bannon or somebody. It's based on what people told us. I mean, in one case, I submitted 300 affidavits from 300 American citizens who themselves either were asked to commit acts of election fraud, or watched other people do it. Now, you can believe him or not believe him, but that's the way testimony is in every case. So uh, I presented that to Georgia, and Lincoln wrote a report finding that the election results could not be trusted. And the the senators on his committee voted for that. And I was there. I was there three times, uh, twice, well, twice there personally, and once I was there on um, on Skype, and I presented the case. So their concern is that I was presenting false information, and that it led to the selection of what they call the fake electors. Now, the fake electors aren't fake at all. They're alternative electors that should Georgia change their mind, would be selected to go to the Electoral College. Now, this has been done before. This was done in 1960 by Nixon. Nixon uh, lost Hawaii on election night, but contested it all the way up to a few days before the inauguration. And eventually, his slate was selected, even though the Electoral College had originally voted for Kennedy. So... Professor Eastman's theory that he's he's the one that they're after, basically, on the theory that he, this is like a fraud. But it isn't. It's a legitimate legal theory that you would do for any client. But Donald Trump is treated differently. Right. Everything, everything I did for Donald Trump, I've done for other clients. 
probably not even as much. I mean, right, right. a lawyer argues very, very strongly. Well, listen, I know. I live with a lawyer and Danielle, my beautiful wife. She, uh-huh. she, she, her heart is in it for these people. She really, right. really, she really believes them and tries to help them. So I would ask you this. Being that you've done all this for Trump, and there you are because of him, really, in front of a grand jury yesterday. Does he call you yesterday morning and say, hey, Rudy, thank yeah, you? We, he does. Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. We're very close, and uh, there's no separation between us. And the idea, some idiot O'Donnell was on yesterday, and he said, well, Giuliani testified for six hours. He probably buried Trump. What a jackass. <laughs> what a jackass. I, first of all, I have to tell you, I'd only be able to bury Trump if I lied. Right. He didn't do anything. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what he did. He contested an election where there was evidence that there was fraud. Uh, any person in his position, with the evidence that was given to him, would have contested the election. Of course. Of course. So what are you facing here, Rudy, if, if this uh, grand jury... Uh, decides, even though there's no evidence, and they can bring in a million people, including you, they've got nothing. What are they, uh, we know what they're accusing you of. What is the worst punishment you can possibly face? Well, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know. They really didn't outline, they said I'm a target, but this grand jury can't indict people. Right. It just writes reports. It's a, it's a different kind of grand jury that, than we have in New York. They would write a report if they thought somebody committed a crime, and then that would go to another grand jury. And from my impression of the questioning, I can't tell you the questions, the answers, and whatever, and the, what I did. And, and there's attorney-client privilege involved, too, so it makes it very complicated. That's the reason it took so long. Sure. Uh, I, I got a good feeling that, they're gonna, that they, they're, this is not an out-of-control situation. They asked all the they, – to a large extent, they asked all the right questions. Okay, good, good. Um, let me ask you about the whole raid because now we're hearing more and more from Trump supporters, including me. Uh, we want to see the affidavit. We want to know why Merrick Garland did what he did. We know he did it. He says, hey, yes, I did. But why did he do it? So in your opinion as Trump's attorney, how important is it – uh, even though I don't think it's going to happen, I don't think it's going to happen, but how important is it if it would happen for us to see the affidavit? Well, everything everything these people have held back contains incriminating evidence, right? The hard drive, yes. the hard drive contains thousands of pieces of incriminating information. Uh, so that they, they wouldn't, if, if this would help them, they would have put it out. And all this stuff about endangering people or nobody's getting killed in this case. This isn't John Gotti. I mean, right. This isn't, isn't terrorist. Uh, so there's no danger to the 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 informant. Apparently, is somebody that talked to Trump in the last two or three weeks before that, uh, and believed there was something there that they should seize. Now, maybe that's not true. Maybe nobody talked to him, and they made that up. It wouldn't be the first time they lied about an affidavit, right? Right. They've been lying about affidavits for five years. That's why I find people kind of naive. Why would you think they lied about this? They lied about Russian collusion. Right. Right. The FBI. I mean, I, I was the guy that was accused for seven months of being a Russian agent. <laughs> I, I was really, I wouldn't, I was afraid to go to a Russian restaurant. 
So I thought if I went, if I had Russian food, they would use it as evidence. You see, he likes Russian food. No, it's true. It got that silly. But, you know, here's Mike Pence yesterday, Rudy, yelling and screaming at Republicans like me and you and Bernie to stop vilifying the FBI. I'm not doing that. I think the overwhelming majority of the rank and file are great Americans looking to protect us. But whether it's Jim Colby or Christopher Ray or McCabe or Stroke or Page, we've got multiple examples of crooked, Rudy, FBI people. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll stop vilifying the people in the FBI who do it when, when they stop breaking into our houses. This is like right before the uh, Revolutionary War when the English used to come in with what they called general warrants. And that's essentially what they're afraid of. The affidavit is either going to be very narrow and focused on certain things, but then they conducted a nine-hour rage, right? So they didn't do a focused search. They did a uh, they did a, they did a fishing expedition search. That's what the nine hours indicates, right? Uh, or it's very general; it doesn't have much in it, and maybe contradicts a few things that they said. Right. But they obviously are fighting like hell not to put it out. And 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 meanwhile, they've already leaked, which tells you they're a bunch of criminals. They're not supposed to leak. All of a sudden, after Garland finishes his press conference, right, they tell us, oh, there was nuclear material. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you why that's a loaded buoy. Uh, if there were nuclear material, this judge, who's got problems of his own, never would have made the return on the warrant 11 days. He signed it on the 5th. The FBI had all the way to the 17th to execute it. If there were atomic documents at stake right he's gonna give them 11 days no then the fbi no. indicated there was nothing important they took the weekend off right exactly they no. got it on a friday they did it on a monday and they got a suntan for two days <laughs> well look, I, listen when, when you when you talk about this and it's funny you've been very funny this morning Rudy, because it really is almost comical the fbi raid january 6th that is still a joke or the russian hoax the impeachment of donald trump and what I'm seeing here, Rudy, is all this is doing is energizing President Trump to come back a second time with a vengeance and really kick some ass. What are your thoughts on that? No, no doubt about it. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize that a lot of his decision making in running again is unlike a, a lot of other people say, well, you got to forget 2000, uh, 2020. His view and mine, too, and a lot of other people is. If you forget it, we're, we're finished. We've become a country in which there are crooked elections all the time. You can't bury it. You've got to find out what happens and create laws that prevent it happening in the future. Because otherwise, they'll be stealing elections like this for the next 50 years, the way they've been doing in Chicago for 50 years. <laughs> I mean, they're basically, they're basically trying to do to the country what they did to American cities which is make them crooked. I mean, let's face it. Democrats run cities with record amounts of crime and that are dishonest. They're plain dishonest. New York is dishonest. Chicago is. Philadelphia is. Atlanta is. L.A. L.A. I mean, you've got kickback schemes all over the place. So if they're dishonest about taking kickbacks, 
Why the hell wouldn't they fix elections? Right? <laughs> You're a crook. You're a crook. I mean, think about this. You, you go all through the, you go all through three years of the phony Russian collusion scheme, which you paid a million dollars for, to frame them. Then they invent the Ukrainian story, and they hide the hard drive because the hard drive would contradict it. People like that are capable of fixing an election. Oh, of course. Come on. They're, they're people. These are not nice people. No, they're not. These are not honest, nice right. people. I mean, they, 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 they break into Trump's house and were still looking for 33,000 emails that, by the way, folks, were subpoenaed. They're gone. We've got reams and reams of stuff on Hunter Biden and his family, yet the FBI puts those two things to rest, and they break into Roger Stone's house, Donald Trump's house. They put Paul Manafort and uh, Mike Flynn in prison. I mean, it is clear that the FBI runs their operation based on political bias. Uh, no, no question about it. You'd have to be uh, deliberately avoiding the truth not to come to that conclusion. Look, while, while they're raiding uh, Trump's house for reasons they're unwilling to give us, Hunter Biden's going off on vacation right. with the president <laughs> where some guy is paying for it. I know. They're going to this, there's a $20 million house, and they're staying there for nothing. Yep. I hope they at least brought him a bottle of wine. <laughs> it's all true, folks. It's Ukrainian wine. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> or Russian wine, because the, the 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 Moscow wife she gave on Hunter Biden about three million dollars. Yiddish word, they're like snorers. <laughs> snorers, very good, yeah. Rudy. Very good. <laughs> or or for your people, Gabones, they both work. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, look, I know you're tired. You had a long day yesterday. Thank you as yeah. always for coming on with me, Rudy. I love you. I really do. You yeah, and Andrew. Thanks for thank teaching you. Andrew. You're doing a great job. Uh, <laughs> Thank You're you. a great mentor. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you. Thank All you right. so much. There he is, everybody, the esteemed mayor. I love that man. Like, I really love him. Rudy Giuliani, he's great every weekday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And his son, who he said thank you for teaching him, he's uh, become one of my best friends. I love Andrew, too. The Giuliani family. Now, that, that is a great New York family, and those are folks that you should look up to. We'll take a short break. A lot more to do, including Bill O'Reilly. My phone is blowing up at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney on Instagram, getting tons and tons of compliments on today's show. Thank you. But guess what? Again, only halfway done. Keep it right here. Hour number three of Bernie and Sid. But he's so found out the heart. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Now, this is a classic. Baker Street, Jerry Rafferty, the Foo Fighters remade this song. It was good, but Jerry Rafferty is still the best. Baker Street, wrapping up the 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock hour, I should say. Gorgeous Thursday in New York City. Lydia reports, Lydia Serrani, always really good. Coming up at 825, Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. And then uh, 940, we'll play Beat Sid, your chance at cash and prizes. Compliments of Pete Morgan, but a terrific show already. I thought Curtis Sliwa in the 6 o'clock hour was great. And I really believe that was Woody Giuliani's best interview yet, moments ago. And, Lou, you agree, so. I, I do. I, he was hilarious. He was funny, he was right? Hilarious. This guy was in front of a grand jury yesterday. This guy, he put away the five crime bosses in New York on the same day. This guy went to funeral after funeral for cops and firefighters and first responders. This guy looked at terrorism and spit. Right in their face. America's mayor. <laughs> he is one tough son of a bitch and a heart of gold, let me tell you. And his kid, boy, the apple does not fall far from the tree. Rudy Giuliani and Andrew Giuliani. Great people. I mean, great people. All right. We'll get that with the news. We'll get Lydia. We'll get Bill O'Reilly. Going to keep it going as the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid, as Pat O'Brien would say, rolls on. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. trip home this boat today will be filled with filthy vermin filthy vermin heading to the beach because it's 80 and sunny today i love it when it's cloudy out and like rainy because yesterday for example there were six people on the ferry six i mean i could have done whatever i wanted and <laughs> probably did well i did yeah now, today is going to be you know just uh, <laughs> you, you might be the only person that really abhors people more than me. <laughs> no, no, oh, I am for sure. Yeah. You know, I was never like that before. I was always a very social person. In fact, um, opposite to track, when I met Danielle, she hated people, and I loved everybody. And um, now she annoys the hell out of me because she talks to everybody. I mean, I got you. But she claims I do the same thing, you know. No, but, you talk to everybody. Yeah. But I just do it because I'm bored or I'm trying to be nice. But I don't particularly like anybody. I mean, I like like seven people. Like I like John and Margot, and uh, I like Bernie, and I well, I love my wife and kids, obviously, and I I like you. And um, we're at eight right now, I think. I, I just eight, I just eight. tolerate everybody else. I don't know. I'm not in that group. Yeah, I kind of like you. You're cute. Right, I like Curtis. Um, the list is getting bigger now. He's really struggling now. I like um. <laughs> oh, I like Chad a lot. I love Chad, in fact, Lopez, and I like Emily Pankow a lot. A lot. Oh, not, yeah. not much not to like there. Yeah, I know. Oh. I'm not talking about physically, you degenerate bastard. My God. What, what, are, you a mind, what are you, a mind reader? You yes, no I am a mind reader. Um, who else do I like? Stupid. What about uh, Justin? This is really tough. Yeah, Justin's fine. <laughs> okay, I tried. I don't know. Who else? Oh, I like Rudy. I love Rudy. I love Andrew. Love them. 
I'm not a big fan of Greg Kelly. Who else? <laughs> it's fine. Who else? Which we should. Uh, oh, I like uh, I like Dominic Carter. Okay, he's nice. Frankie Diaz. He's fine. Rita Cosby, I like. Uh, oh, I love Judge Janine. Oh, love her. Frank Morano. Oh, I love Frank. Yeah. Thank you, Sid. I guess I like a lot of people. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's like way more people than I even know. Yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. I, I love Bill Sims. He's a good friend of mine. I love him. Okay. Yeah. I, don't know he just, I don't know when he came into the equation. No, I I do. no idea. <laughs> Joe Beningo. Oh, I do love Joe Beningo, yes. Yeah, Mike that's Breen. Who? Mike Breen. Oh, Breen and I are very, very close. He texts me every day. It's uh, about Bernie every day, yes. You got a lot of friends. Yeah. I do? It sounds like there's way more people. I don't even know that many people. I've known yeah. like four people in my life. Yeah, but you never know if they will. Like, the people you like, Mike Breen is a real friend. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, if, if I was in trouble at 3 o'clock in the morning, which uh, is not really a hypothetical in my life, <laughs> and I call Breen, he'd be there, you know. Now, you wouldn't even get him. Oh. Mike Breen. What do you mean I wouldn't get him? You, Mike Breen would answer the phone. Yeah, he would answer the phone. He would. Now, now my family members are texting me, Ray Sherry, you're my sister, and I love you to pieces. <laughs> my sister, Ray Sherry, is the closest thing to God on this planet. Don't you and love now, me? but yes, I love you. What about and me? my mother, yes, mommy, I love you, yes. I love my father. Uh, I don't know. I think I love Joe Parisi. He's a good guy. He brings my. Yes, Freddie, I love you too, my driver. This is where it gets ridiculous. Now, that's it. That's... What are they all calling? They're all. My, you see my phone? Yeah, I see it. You can't, I can't read oh, it. Oh, you can't. You see the names? Oh, you see names and I, names and I, names. I, I see it. Yes, Patrick McEnroe, I love you. Tell me, come on. They're not texting you right now. I swear to God. Patrick McEnroe just texted you. Yes, do you like me? You didn't say Joseph Abu. Well, like, Joseph knows. Well, don't make me mention it. everybody. I mean, yeah, well, you start making a list, and you're gonna. that's why people are texting you. They're like, hey, what about me? And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, I, I also love you, too. Yeah, now that you mentioned just 40. All right, let me, let me change the whole conversation. Okay. If I already love you. I love you, okay? But I, I'm not particularly looking forward to loving new people. That's fair. That? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, now, tonight, we have a big night, uh, Danielle and I. Her law partner, Abraham Hamra, who's a great guy, and he's got this uh, lovely wife, Rachel, where the four of us are going for dinner. You know where we're going tonight, Lou? Wit's End in Rockaway. The great, I love Wit. I love him. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a meal. Ah. I love you. Yeah, I love Wit. So, um... And then we can sit at dinner and talk about everybody we love. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep texting you. Say like, how about me? Oh, about I love me? Leslie Slender. And yeah, of course, uh, yeah, people can be texting me all day now. Yeah. This this is what happens with these types yep. of things. So nicely, nicely the segment's done. gonna change the world. There's so much love being felt right now. Well, how many people do you love? Uh, probably like two. Oh, you love your girlfriend that doesn't really exist. Yeah, yeah. and who else? <laughs> there's no poop. There's no. There's been no poop of your girlfriend whatsoever. None. The, the year and a half that I've been with her isn't... Uh, but no one else has seen this. Nobody. You not not anyone here, no. Look at his phone. You haven't seen his oh, phone? Oh, God, please. Are you serious? He's no, got no, some okay. random picture of some girl he took <laughs> off of backbait.com two years ago. You follow me on Instagram. You can see she's on there. I don't much. follow you on Instagram. Okay, well. You, you, you actually did it to my own phone. So who do you love? Your mother? My family, my dog, my girlfriend. That's it. That's where the, that's, see, that's the thing about being famous. You have to you have to love because you have a voice. So a lot, all these people hear it. So you have to love them. I do. Yeah. See, I don't have responsibility in life, so I don't have to love anyone. Right. Why? I'm, I'm jealous of you, actually. No, it, it's it, well, you're jealous of me in one very specific thing. You don't want my life. Trust me. If the, no, I don't. No, no, you, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, no. yeah. You're not swapping at any means. You're not jealous of me. You're jealous. You're jealous of the lack of responsibility in my life. 
Well, wh- why do you have such a horrible life? I don't have. A, I, no one says horrible. It's just I don't have much responsibility. Right, but you, you made it sound like there's no way I would ever trade with you. I mean, it seems like a pretty easy existence. All right, well, I would. I would. You, you, let me tell you something. You know, I can't sleep, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And I hope the people out there can appreciate this and 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 relate to this. My daughter's going to college, Ava, right in England. It's a lot of money. Again, I don't make millions of dollars here. I should, but I don't. I'm not complaining. I make a nice living, more than most people, but I don't make the money that you think I make. Let's put it that way, okay? So she has to go to college. It's a lot of money. My son, Gabriel, is going to a new school in New York City, and he's got a disability, and it's a lot of money. A lot. I just bought a house, right? It's a lot of money. So let me explain this to you. House, car, Danielle Porsche, two kids in school, I'm broke. You understand I'm broke? Paycheck to paycheck. I'm not going to Hawaii. I'm not going to Guam. I'm not going to, you know, to, to Fiji every week. I'm just doing the things that you would think good schools for my kids, live in a nice house, drive a decent car, and I'm broke. You understand that? Yeah, I, I, I guess. So while you talk, you have this easy existence. You get up in the morning. You, everything is paid for. You come here. There's no pressure. Right, I put on this great show. I say great things about you. To be honest, you do very little, and and you go home and you got this made up girlfriend. You watch the NBA and you go to bed without a worry in the world. <laughs> what do you? You got a great life, great life. Yeah, I'm not. You walk around with horrible facial hair. It doesn't matter. You wear the horrible T-shirts and what? shorts, and nobody cares. No, no one's gonna take a picture of you in the street and go, "Oh my God, look at Macedonia, Phil." But Sid, oh Sid. Look at Sid today. What happened to If I miss a day at work, you know how many phone calls I get? Because they think I'm dead or in a rehab or in prison? You miss a day at work, nobody cares. Not even your parents. Oh, my God. <laughs> Struck That's a nerve, a Sid. That's I'm, a problem. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying you've got a yeah, great, no, you've got a great listen, life. You have the American dream. My life's a It's too much. It's hard. I'm not complaining, but it's not, you know, it's it could be better. What would be better? More money? You think more money makes your life better? It doesn't. Because when you get, here's what happens in life. I'm a parent. Okay. You make a good living. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you think you're rich. And this is what most people do. There's a few responsible people out there, okay? But most people, you make a couple of dollars. Now you think you're rich. So you overextend yourself. Okay? And the next thing you know, you're living on paper this beautiful life. But you can't pay for anything. And that's why you gotta, that's why you gotta act and write books and do all these other things. Yeah, well, I, I'm. I think here's I'm another the... one, Justin. He has zero, he, he has zero response, nothing. He also he has a crappy apartment that his parents paid for. He's got a girlfriend he barely sees. He's got a pretty uh, bad drug habit, but that's fine. He's got the money for that. I, I don't do anything. What do you do? What well, do I'm I here do? for the show. You do a lot, oh. but you don't have any real responsibilities. Oh, in life. in life, you don't have kids or wife. Oh no, 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 no. It's amazing. Your money. It's yeah. Such, yeah. It, honestly, that's that's the best thing about life. Not not compared to not compared to like you. You right. have a family. Right. Yeah. So you have a great life. Yeah, it's fine. So explain that to Phil. What do you mean? Like not having any responsibility? Well, Phil, I think, is a little jealous of me. And and you shouldn't be. No, 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 no. Why would you be a... I'm not jealous of anyone. You can't be jealous of a... I mean, listen, it depends. You're like right on the line between... you are famous, but are you famous enough to be able to pay for all these things and then no, still live comfortably? Not even close. Okay, so then, yeah, he's I mean that right. that, that, that stinks. Yeah. He's right below there. He's right. there. He's, right. he's famous. He's doing well. Right. But he's right at the line where, oh my God, this is a lot of money. Correct. Right. Right. So, so that stinks. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I always, yeah, I, I always thought my, my parents did very well, but it's not, uh, that's not how it works. It right. doesn't, it doesn't matter how well you do. I mean, unless you're making five million dollars a year, it's not Correct. gonna, you're not gonna. You've nailed it. Yeah. You'll I mean, make Socrates. I mean, you, you, you can, you could even make like, you can even make like half a million dollars a year and you're, oh, you're, and you're, you're still dead. throwing you're it all away. You're sure. dead. You're yeah. dead. You got a, you got a mortgage to because, pay. Because again, if you make Who's a half a million. Oh my million, God. Oh my God. Oh my God. If you make a half a million dollars a year, now you could afford a two million dollar house. And even when the when the instant rate, interest rates are good, which they're not good right now, now you're you're in mortgage debt. Right. And then you say, well, I I, I got to make a half a million dollars a year. I got to have a nice car. Right. Yeah. And nobody learns about this stuff like in college or high school. No, so, they don't teach you that. So all of a sudden you have a mortgage and it's just ripping money out of your bank account. Well, how do you know all this? This is my life you're talking about. No, well, I don't. I don't know any of it. But I know what a mortgage is. I know I'm going to have to pay one eventually, and well, I'm dreading every every. Uh, you know, maybe not. You know, I've got I've got friends who never bought a house. I've got cousins who never had a kid. And you know what they do? They just they go to South Beach every weekend, and they spend all their money on nice restaurants and weed and having a good time. Yeah, but what's going to happen to their legacy? Down the drain. Oh, my God. Who cares about legacy? No, I need an heir. Well, you know what you do care about is <laughs> right now it seems an heir. That would be a good thing. Yeah. That seems like fun. But, you know, when you get older. I, I think that's what it is, too. You I'm want also, the kids. You want the kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I've grown to learn that I think I'm just young and immature, and I'm going to let it ride out until I don't want to anymore. Right. And then I can work well, how old are you? How, how You're like you 25, right? Yeah, I'm 25. You're very immature. Very immature. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a child. Just, like Justin. Justin. <laughs> Me. Justin. I'm not immature. I'm very mature. Oh, I'm very know. mature. I'm grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know about I that. I am. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. That was no uh, a great exercise in what I don't know. But uh, this is, that's why the show was number one right there, that segment. Uh, we could have played Liz Cheney. We could have played Molly Hemingway. We could have played Harriet Hageman. We could have played Adam Kinzinger or Tucker Carlson or Mike Pence or Dr. Mark Siegel or Leo Terrell or any one of these people. But this was a, a real lesson in life. Whose life, I don't know, but it's a lesson in life. Mm. I learned things. That's great. Yeah. You guys feel like you learned something? Yeah. I, learned, I learned a few things. No. I don't know. Save your money, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to do anything. I'm but still poor you know, and... Uh, it's not going to do anything but try and save your money. I don't, I don't know. I'm poor with no aspirations. Yeah. 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 That. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shatter my hopes and dreams. No, like, come on. At least I'm half of them will be homeless or in jail. Anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, you're at the peak <laughs> of the mountain now. You That's can only it. go down from here. There's no more going up. All right. Shut up, all of you. God, nightmare. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. That was a great segment. Thank you, guys. But it is time before Lydia and, of course, Bill O'Reilly for Lou Dobbs. He's going to have his business report coming up right here on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Stocks lower after mixed earnings. More retail reports coming today. Recession-proof Apple outpacing technology competitors. Those stories next. A recession may be ahead. Retirement accounts especially vulnerable. If you want to protect your future, call the precious metal dealers at American Hartford Gold. They're the highest-rated firm in the field with an A-plus rating and thousands of satisfied clients. They'll suggest ways to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered to your door or inside your IRA or 401K. Tell them Lou Dobbs sent you. They'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So call them now. Call 866-611-1277 or text Lou, L-O-U, to 998899. Again, that's 866 866- 
6111277 or text Lou to 998899. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street's winning streak broken after yesterday's mixed retail data. The Dow Jones Industrials fell 171 points. The S&P lost 31. The Nasdaq down 164. BJ's Wholesale Club reporting second quarter earnings today. While the company is forecast to beat Wall Street targets, investors will be looking more at the full year outlook. Over the past three months alone, BJ's has improved its forecast 11 times. Walmart targeting a 6% revenue increase for Ross stores. Higher inflation typically bodes well for discount retailers. Apple bucking the recent downtrend in technology. The stock is up nearly 28% for the quarter and down only 1% so far this year. That's outpacing other big tech companies and buy a lot. Amazon down 15%. Alphabet down 17% year to date. Apple expects its sales to rise with the new iPhone 14 coming next month. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, this story will make you... um... I guess once again, be right. New York City Mayor Adams, he's now asking for an additional 5,000 hotel rooms across the city to house the migrants that are coming in in droves. Bringing the total to about 6,000, Adams made the request, which has no price tag attached, by invoking his emergency contracting powers. I mean, we've been talking about this. There's already been an uproar over housing the migrants at the Luxury Row Hotel. There's about 600 of them he wants to put up there for about 400 bucks a night. That's right there in the middle of Times Square. Quite the tourist attraction, right? I mean, who doesn't want to, like, come see a play, visit Times Square, and then, hey, there's a possible sex trafficker. And so he's blaming, uh, you know, of course, Governor Abbott. But we've been we know we've been saying this since uh, Biden opened the border that they've been flying them in the Biden administration in the dead of night, thousands and thousands of them. So clearly this is not Governor Abbott. Just he's only sent about a, I mean, he sh- it's a political ploy, clearly what Abbott is doing. But so far, there's only been about like a couple of dozen from Abbott. So Adams is asking for uh, now like almost 6,000 rooms. So what does that tell you? This has been a problem long before Governor Abbott began busing the migrants into the city. This is a Biden problem. That's where he needs to be focusing his ire towards. Well, yes. And Michael Goodwin finally wrote that yesterday. Michael has been slow to figure out Eric Adams, uh, slower than than most people. And I've been at the very forefront of this with Curtis and Greg Kelly. But uh, Michael even wrote a column two days ago to your point, Lydia, that said, uh, Eric, a uh, Mr. Mayor, stop fighting with Governor Abbott and turn your attention towards the White House. And that is the point. So, But he won't do that because, of course, he uh, has referred to himself time and time again as the Biden of Brooklyn, and he loves his Democrat Party. So it's much easier to pick on Governor Abbott or call it a Republican talking point than actually go after the people that are responsible for this. And that's when you know that Eric Adams is a talky Democrat like everybody else and couldn't give a rat's ass about this city, and you, Lydia, for that matter. 
Oh, I mean, I don't understand. Like, these guys are getting off the buses. It's it's 99% guys, right? They're single young men that are coming in. We don't I, know I did see a couple are. of I saw a couple of fat girls get off the bus a couple of days ago, but no reason to really describe them that way, but they just happen to be fat, so I said it. Now what? Okay. <laughs> we don't know who these guys are, women are. They haven't been tested for COVID, monkeypox, or whatever the hell else is Bur- going on. How about t- now- t- tuberculosis? How about the, uh, the cocaine in their knapsacks, the fentanyl in their knapsacks? I mean, all, a whole bunch of stuff going on here, you know. There's so much cr- – there's so many – You know, I've been talking to different medical experts and I said to them, you know, we're all of a sudden we're seeing like this resurgence of like diseases we thought were eradicated, like polio. I'm worried. Are we going to see the pubonic plague with people pooping in the streets? And he said it's possible. Well, you mentioned it's possible. Well, you mentioned you mentioned polio and I specifically and Lewis and uh, Macedonia Phil could attest to this. I asked Dr. Nicole Sapphire yesterday about that, about migrants coming to New York, illegals, and the all of a sudden the recent polio uptick. And she said, and I quote Lydia, it has nothing to do with that. Now, Lou, can you, can you confirm that Dr. Nicole said the polio outbreak has nothing to do with the migrants? She did say that. Right, and she's a, she, right, she's a conservative Fox News host, so she'd be quick to point that out, the problem with the border. So, like Bernie keeps saying that, too, Sapphire said that's not true, at least with polio. The rest, that may be 100% true, but not polio. Well, polio, we know, it was found in the wastewater because of uh, somebody who wasn't vaccinated, this, Rockland, oh. so. But, yeah, I mean, I'm worried. What about the pubonic plague? Did you see that f- photo, by the way, in the New York Post of the guy who's, whose nose is literally rotting off his face yeah, because yeah. of the monkeypox? Yes. And do you know that half of the guys, first of all, now, 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 NBC News put out this article saying, hey, listen, monkeypox, 98% of the people that have monkeypox, they got it second actually transmitted. It's not skin to skin. I understand this is kind of like stigmatizing the disease and this and that, but at what point do we save lives instead of just worrying about hurting people's feelings? So it's the way they're describing it. This is a sexually transmitted disease predominantly among homosexual men. And it has to do with homosexual men that have a specific type of intercourse with one another. And almost half of these guys that are testing positive for monkeypox yeah. also tend to have other STDs. Yes. yes. No, they're very promiscuous. Let me just play this so quickly. Uh, back to the polio comment, because, again, it's been said by a lot of hosts, even on this station. And this is uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire on this show yesterday talking, Lydia, specifically about that. Can I play it, Lou? Well, polio is back not because of illegal boarding cross- border crossing. Let's be very clear about that. Oh, well, so far. So far. No, no, I'm not even going to give you that. The reason that we're seeing a rise in polio cases is because that you have populations of low vaccination rates, uh, specifically in um, Hasidic Jewish populations. We've seen measles outbreak, polio outbreak um, in areas like Rockland County, New York, where they have notoriously low childhood vaccination rates. So there you have it. She seemed to really place the blame on the Hasidic Jews. Sorry, Ashley. But uh, anyway, that's, that goes to that. Uh, John Tobacco just sent me this. Here's the actual stats on the monkeypox from the New York State Department of Health. 97% men, 0% women, 0%, 83% gay. And those are the ones who admit to being gay. So I guess it really is, a at this point at least, a big problem for the homosexual community. Yes, right? And we'll uh, talk about so many topics and much more on the John Katz Matiti Show. 
5 o'clock, where we stand for truth, justice, and the American way. Today is Thursday. Don't know who we'll have, but I can guarantee you, you'll be a lot smarter once that hour is over. 5 o'clock, John Katzmatidis. You don't want to miss it. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Somewhere Mike Green is very happy, Bungle in the Jungle, the tall. And uh, Bill O'Reilly has included this song, Bungle in the Jungle, in a bunch of his works. Folks, I say it all the time, he's the greatest of all time. It just is what it is. He just is. And uh, whether it's 9 p.m. on WABC or at PhilOReilly.com, interviews and columns and just great insight, this killing series. You know, I just saw the Elvis movie a couple of days ago, and I was thinking about his latest movie, uh, maybe, what did you say? his latest book, Killing of the Legends. It doesn't, this guy, he's just, he's amazing. And Breitbart did this whole column. It's entitled, The Left Thought They Canceled Bill O'Reilly. They Were Wrong. It's a great column, except I've known this for years. Here he is, the all-time great Bill O'Reilly. So I guess um, Breitbart figured out, Bill, what we've known here for a couple of years, huh? Well, partly it's because of WABC and John Casamitidis, Bernie and Sid, that uh, they didn't get me. So there were, uh, after I left Fox News, uh, there were big celebrations all over the far-left precincts. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's dead. Uh, Ding-dong, the witch is dead. (laughs) But... The people who were uh, fair, uh, and this was not a complicated matter. They knew this was a huge campaign uh, to assassinate me, get me off the air. Finally, after 20 years, it worked. Um, But I'm the type of guy, and you know me well enough, that I'm not going to slink away. I said, I'm going to form my own news agency, BillOReilly.com. And five and a half years later, we're the most successful independent news agency in the world. So anyway, Breitbart was kind enough, and I use that word kind literally, because you're not going to get this from uh, the corporate media, to uh, do an article that chronicles what we're doing. WABC is part of the article, and how successful we've been, and why I'm doing it. So it all worked uh, well yesterday. I got a call. Actually, uh, it was from Sean Hannity. Uh, and he said, I can't believe there was an actual favorable article about you. <laughs> no, it's actually very favorable. They go on to talk yeah. about all the things you're doing and your killing series and VidGo. And they do go out of their way to point out something, Bill, 
that you try to point out with me and Bernie every week, and that is, on one hand, while you're very, very angry with the DOJ, you did most recently defend AOC when Alex Stein talked about her booty on the steps in D.C. You always talk about being fair on this show, and they did, at least in this column, go and emphasize that. You know, look, I'm not a hypocrite. So you may hate my guts, and a lot of people do, and I understand. But I am not going to be a hypocrite. So if I'm going to go after the left, the far left, we're trying to assassinate characters and trying to embarrass people when they're having dinner. I'm not going to let it go if it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and some right wing loon does it. And interestingly enough, after I wrote the tweet, there were some right wing fanatics that attacked me. All right. But I expect that. But the fair minded people. The people who really uh, they're passionate about politics, they're passionate about their point of view, they don't want hatred. They don't want hatred. And that's why Trump is still in the game. He's still in the game because no matter what they try to do to him, it's based on hatred. Uh, Yes, but, but. He's in the game, but there's also the exhaustion factor. And I talked to a lot of Trump supporters recently, Bill, who were like, I love his policies. Laura Ingram said this a couple of days ago, but I'm tired of Trump. I need his policies without him. So there is there, an exhaustion factor at this point. Yes, there is. But now with the Justice Department going after him again in this regard, unless there is. A major exposition. Donald Trump did this. Bernie, Sid, and O'Reilly can see it, and so can everybody else. Unless there's that, Trump's going to be helped, because even the people who are tired of all of this are going to say, you know, enough's enough with these corrupt people. Yep. And that's what's gonna, that will override the exhaustion factor, if that's what actually happens. Now, today at 1 o'clock, there's a hearing uh, to unseal the affidavit, and the affidavit is who accused Trump exactly and what did that person or persons with an S accuse him of. That had to be in a warrant, but they wouldn't make – it was sealed. They wouldn't make it public. They're not going to tell American people who those people are. There's no way on earth they're going to do that because those people would be in danger. Their lives would be ruined if that got out. If I'm going to get besieged because I'd say in a tweet, leave Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez alone in public, do not verbally assault her, if that's going to ignite a firestorm, you can imagine if there is a, a worldwide exposition, this person accused Trump of that. That person has to leave the country. Yeah, but wait a second. We're worried about this person, this informer. And you're right. I mean, you're, what you're saying is 100% right. I'm not, wor- I'm not worried. I'm just telling well, you I know, what, but, but what about why Trump? they're not going to do it. But what about why is it okay for this person to say this stuff and then the DOJ to go, what about Trump? Not that, look, Trump is very rarely a victim. It's not but, okay. Right. It's not okay. All of it, this is horrible. This did not have to happen. And now we learn that Merrick Garland debated for three weeks before ordering the FBI to go in. Well, if it's such a national security issue that we could have secrets go to see in Putin, how can you wait three weeks? None of it makes any sense. This was 
a dog and pony show, to use a cliche. And it's, it's backfiring right now on the Biden administration. Well, how do you know that, though? Like, I always say, like Bernie always says, look, there's a change, there's a tide. And I don't know about you, but until Election Day comes, yes, I can read tweets, I can talk to people on the street, that's very anecdotal. But how do you really know that it backfired? How do you know that the people who aren't really sure are now going to buy Donald Trump? How do you know? Liz Cheney. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Good answer, Bill. That's why you're the best. And tell the folks why Liz Cheney's the answer. Well, she got waxed by 40 points. So if there was outrage among the American people, and believe me, Wyoming are the folks. Okay? They're the folks. (laughs) If there was outrage against Donald Trump that he did something heinous, Liz Cheney would have lost by 20 or 15, not 40. So... I have a pretty good pulse on things uh, in America because of, you know, all the different things that we do, all the mail that we get, uh, my high recognition factor when I actually leave the house. (laughs) Um, And I I talk to thousands, literally. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. If there was some way to just take Trump's personality out of his body and just have his policies – the guy would win an overwhelming margin. Well, people think that person exists, and his name is Ron DeSantis. Well, but we don't know. I mean, there's a big difference between running Florida and running a country. Agreed. But but, but certainly DeSantis is the number two right now in the Republican hierarchy. But for our in, intents and purposes, I don't think politics should be dominating the discussion. I think Americans should want a fair country. I mean, home of the brave, yeah, okay, I'm brave, but I I don't want to be the home of partisan politics and let's try to destroy the opposition. And that's where we are. And you asked, another, you asked a question about well, how do I know that uh, Trump is not getting waxed here? They're keeping, they being the White House uh, staff, they're keeping Biden out, out. All right, you're not going to see him. Yes, he has COVID 87 times, and that's going to be a real good sell when he comes in in September and goes, hey, let's take another back. Oh, wait, wait, I think I got COVID for the ninth time. Okay, so they're keeping him out of yeah. view. Yeah. You don't see him. Now, Jill, unfortunately, she's got COVID. I don't know if the big dog that bites everybody has COVID, but, I, um, but you see, if the – Democratic Party were confident that Trump, finally we got him. Finally we got him. Okay? Then Biden would be all over this. Right, right. No, he's been quiet. I mean, ever since Liz Cheney's trip to Taiwan, which he didn't talk about either, by the way, he has been very Nancy quiet for Pelosi weeks. Said, Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. That was another embarrassment for, for Biden because Biden said, no, nah, I don't think she should go. Right. And the Pentagon said, we definitely don't want her to go. Right, Pelosi's trip. Right. And then she went. Right, exactly. Because Nancy Pelosi knows that Joe Biden from day to day can't remember what he said yesterday. <laughs> That's true. So he's been basically put away since Pelosi's trip Good. and this whole, uh, yeah, you're right, he's been put away. So I know that you talked to Donald. Like I, I had Rudy Giuliani on an hour ago, and I said, look, 
You're in Georgia yesterday. You're getting peppered for six hours by the grand jury. And the reason you're doing this basically is because of, well, really a ridiculous accusation, but it's on behalf of Donald Trump. So does Trump reach out to you? Woody goes, yes, absolutely. We spoke this morning. I have to think, Bill, that you've spoken to Trump at least once over the last couple of days. I, I don't want to talk to Trump. Now, I have talked to him within the last week, but it wasn't about uh, specifics in the basement of Mar-a-Lago. All right. Okay. It wasn't about the lock on the door, Melania's closet. I, I don't <laughs> I don't do that in my in my private conversations with him. I, t- I take his temperature. But I have I can tell listeners to uh, the Bernie and Sid show. I have talked to his lawyers. Okay, the people that are day to day involved with this Justice Department situation, and they're not going to lie to me because that would be insane. You don't lie to me. And I have talked to them about policy and about, well, look, how serious is this? Um, What do you think is going to happen? What what um, steps are you taking? All of that. And it's not DEFCON 6 over there. Right. Now, again, um, I've been around long enough um, to know that if, if there was something that the Justice Department could put out that every American would be appalled by, that Donald Trump took this and put it in Florida and look at this. This is so horrible. That they, The attitude would be entirely different than it is right now. Oh, no doubt. That it, being it, it, said, yeah. that being said, okay, I don't no, because the Justice Department will not define this, and that is the crux of the story now. If you're going to take drastic action on, on behalf of the American people, remember, these people work for us. If you're going to take drastic action on our behalf, you have to explain it. Of course, and they've done none I mean, of that. Eric, right. Eric Garland, the, you know, when he got up, I thought he was Barney Fife. <laughs> Barney Fife. Don Knotts. Remember Barney Fife? I do. Andy Griffith show. Sure. Yeah. He looked petrified. Yeah. Okay. He, he's reading the prompter. I, I mean, I went, this <laughs> Elliot Ness? This Elliot is protecting me? Yeah. Barney Fife? Yeah. He got one bullet in the gun? Right. That's it. I mean, well, it was it was almost shocking. It was, and I tell you something. T- Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz came out a couple of days ago, Bill, and he said, "Listen, if we take back the House, which they will, and take back the Senate, that's not nearly as easy with Walker and Dr. Oz and these people. But if we do those things, we're going to start to impeach people one by one. Mayorkas for the you know, the problem at the border. Eventually, they got to Joe Biden, but they also mentioned Ted Cruz." Merrick Garland, what do you think are the possibilities, if not probabilities, if they do take back the House and the Senate, of impeaching all three of those guys? Well, I don't like to do speculative uh, commentary, but I will tell you that would be a mistake. Mistake. Um, If they run in there and they win the House and they act like Nancy Pelosi, which is exactly what she did, if they're the same, then a lot of Americans are going to go, see, there's no difference. Hmm. What? They would be smart to do, and smart and Republicans, you, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> what they would be smart to do is hold hearings. Embarrass the hell out of them. Subpoena them. They come in. You ask your questions. 
I'll I'll be there. They can invite me as a, a guest interrogator. Right. I'll do it. Okay, how long do you think they're going to last under my withering question? Oh, my God. Yeah. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> do that. Show the American people that the head of Homeland Security has no blanking clue and doesn't care whether 3 million people come in here unattended and doesn't care. Took no steps. Bring Buttigieg in. What did you do to stop the collapse of the airline industry in the USA? Nothing. Nothing. And then bring some fentanyl parents in oh, to say how their 13-year-old is oh, dead God, yep. because of Joe Biden's open border policy. Yeah. Then well, what you do, yeah. you destroy them. But you don't do it with impeachment so that, you know, oh, it's Nancy Pelosi redo. They're just, they're all the same. Well, now, let, me ask, let me ask you this. You're such a keen observer of history. Put Biden aside because there is some impairment there physically. You've mentioned Pelosi. You've mentioned Buttigieg. You've mentioned Merrick Garland. As an administration in whole, O'Reilly, again, putting Biden aside, is this not the worst, the most pathetic, the most inept administration you've seen at least in 50 years? This is the Kansas City Royals, okay? <laughs> That's what they are. They're never going to win. They can't compete. They don't have good players. And so if you're supporting this, and you can, you can wax it right into New York, too. Are you happy with the way the Democrats are controlling the state? Nope. Is anything working? Nope. Give me one. Hey. Hey, Kathy Hochul, hello. Hey, give me one thing that you've done to make the state better. And by the way, don't don't just stop with the governor. Go to the mayor, Eric Adams, too. He sucks, well, too. Well, I, I'm, you see, but this is what people don't understand. Adams doesn't understand his job. He still thinks he's a party apparatchnik, <laughs> as you mentioned earlier in this broadcast. Right. He still thinks he's running Brooklyn. Right. He doesn't understand the ramifications yet of his job. His main job is to protect New Yorkers. That's your job. He doesn't understand that. He's still playing politics. So I can't really do this. I can't put stop and frisk back because if I did that, then the Democrats wouldn't like me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You see? So Adams isn't the essential problem right now. He may become it, but it's Hochul. Yep. Because the legislature in Albany has gutted every single police agency in the state. Every one. They can't get the bad guys off the street. They cannot get them off the street because of Hochul and Albany. So... You know, it's easy to make scapegoats out of guys like Eric Adams, and I'm not sticking up for him. He's certainly not a profile in courage, and I don't think he's <laughs> going to be in Mensa anytime soon. <laughs> but it's not his uh, fault. Okay. Oh, you're right. If he wants to succeed, he better wise up. Right. Hey, I got to tell you, unfortunately, we got to go. I could talk to you for 10 hours. That was just an amazing, amazing appearance. 
And again, this is why we're number one and, and your segment is number one of everything we do all week long. Uh, any deals these days? People always ask me, can I get six of O'Reilly's books? But if I buy one, what's the latest deal on, on O'Reilly.com? Well, uh, one more thing. Congratulations to this kid, uh, Beatty, on the Mets. First, that uh, bat hits a home was run. It, wasn't that great, Bill? That was great. That was fabulous. And his family and all of that. And that's New yep. York. Yep. I mean, yep. he's a Texans, but they're real New Yorkers now. Yep. Yep. Um, look. We got Killing the Legends coming out September 27th. Killing the Killers, number nine on Sunday, New York Times list, 15 weeks out. So we got two really good killing books. If you go to BillOReilly.com, we got great deals for you there. If you sign up as a premium member, get any book you want free and all of that. And so anyway, have a good weekend. You That's too. Bernie, and uh, always fun talking to you, Sid. Bill, I love you, man. Thank you so much. And, folks, go read this Breitbart column. The left thought they canceled Bill O'Reilly. They were wrong. You'll never cancel Bill O'Reilly. Never, never. You know why? Because he's the best. Here's some more Jethro Tull. Brini, Mike Brini, I hope you're listening. We'll come back with the fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid, including some vintage Imus and Rosenberg. <laughs> hey, now, keep it right here. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, this is Bob Popper, voice of the Super Bowl champion New York football giants. And this is a Sid Classic Rewind. Right now, please welcome to the Einstein program our old friend, Sid Rosenberg. Good morning, Mr. Rosenberg. Uh, hi, Miss. How you doing, pal? It's great to talk to you again. Kind of phoning you on. The one that has numbers on it, a number sign, and those types of things. There's a cell phone on this. I'm, I'm actually outside right now. I'm going to a very important meeting. You're outside? I'm outside, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm in. I'm outside, yeah. Why wouldn't you be in your house calling me? Well, because it's, uh, it's uh, 640 on the East Coast, and uh, my kids are asleep right now, so I, I have a very important meeting at 7, so I figured I'd kill two birds with one stone and call you and let the kids sleep at the same time. You all live in the same room? Room? No, but it's not a very big house. It's not the palatial man that you live in in, uh, in Connecticut so or, or the uh, the place in New York City. So I was actually asked to leave. You were asked to leave by your wife? Well, not yours. Do you mind if I actually tell you, based on your question so far this morning, my real assessment, what I really thought when I first met you? Oh, well, uh, that'd be fine. What? You're scared. Why would you ask me a question like that? Pardon me? You know, here's the problem. Because you're the phone reception is so poor, I I, I, I can't hear you very well. well I thought I, I I thought you just called me a douchebag. No, that's the phone. You see, that's that's why 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 would I ever call you that? That's good. I have no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Jesus, call him at a douchebag. Stairs in that little back bedroom. His 
Used to be married to Blake Shelton before he started sleeping with um, the guy from Bush's wife, Gwen Stefani. And that bit there on the I Miss in the Morning show, which I did play at 625 this morning, my old producer, Steve Zemak, sent that to me late last night. I was living in Boca Raton, and I was calling in to the I Miss show once a week. And um, the I Man loved me. He always loved me. You know, he said horrible things about me, fired me a million times, suspended me a billion times, humiliated me, and... And really drove me back to drinking and joy. He did all those things. He was terrible. But he loved me in his own, you know. That is way. a definite. He loved you. He did love me. Yep. And, that I could say. Get I, sit in here. No, Get it's true. Get sit in here. And, and on the air, I mean, uh, certainly on the air he did. I mean, he, he made up all these excuses of fire Warner Wolf and Chris Call and all this stuff. He knew that when I was on the show, the show was at its wackiest. Now, Mike Breen was great in that sports talk. Great. He was creative. He did songs. He was funny. He was even funnier when he was built from White Plains. But with me, Imus just never knew what was going to happen. I didn't know. And all the years that Imus was, um, you know, vilified as this horrible guy, he loved me because I would say something uh, equally as bad, if not worse, and he felt better about himself, <laughs> to be honest. And could blame you. He could blame me. Exactly right. And, you know, the last, um, I don't know, six months of Don's life, we got really, really close. My son was having a horrible issue, Gabe, he was a little boy, with his school here in the city. And Danielle actually reached out to, um, to um, what's her name again? Deirdre. His wife. Deirdre, thank you. And Deirdre is friends with all these big education people in New York City. She was living in Texas at the time, but she set all these great connections. And, and to be honest, Don and Deirdre really helped me, Danielle, and Gabriel out. And then Don would call me every night. Of all the people on the show, including Bernie, who was there longer than me, Don and I were the closest. And he would call me every night. You know this, Lou. It's true. And he would say, because I would interview Don every day. The last couple of months, I interviewed Don every day about his career. He loved it. He was like a little kid. And he would go, oh, what are you going to ask me tomorrow? And I'd be like, I don't know, maybe Howard Stern. Okay. And, you know, every day I would spend at least one segment interviewing Don about his career because you knew it was going to be over April of that year. And it was great. And he was honest and fun. Didn't get angry, right? And um, I never heard this. You were on the show. Well, when? Oh, you interviewed him on the show. On the show, that, yes, oh, yes. Now I remember. We did like one segment every now day for the last couple of months. Right, that's right. Before he interviewed everybody else. Correct, correct. Uh, now I remember. And, and he would call me every night. And I was living down by Hanover Square. And it was surreal to me. It was just, you know, a lot of things you have to understand. I'm still a Brooklyn kid at heart. Like, I know I'm having success here. And, you know, listening to that piece from 15 years ago and hearing Bernie go, what happened? And you and all those guys, <laughs> you know, and now we're a team together. And I've been with Bernie for six years. And you've been a major part of this team now for a couple of months. And now you've made us perfect. It's kind of like that movie with uh, Tom Cruise when uh, Bitter Beer Face, what's her name, uh, uh, Zellweger, I uh, said, you complete me. Well, you complete us, Lewis. 
and the show is now almost what I miss was, especially when we have segments like this. Okay, but find a better mu- movie than that. Okay, so I'm sorry. Please, what movie was that again? Uh, uh, come on. That, that's, come on. That with uh, agent movie. It's, yeah, it was the agent. Yes. Yeah, and, uh, you uh, had uh, uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah, it was, uh, absolutely one of the most overrated movies ever. Yeah, oh, but it was, it was still uh, cute. Uh, no. Secret awful. Garden, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, no, okay. Uh, at any rate. Please. Uh, <laughs> God, I'd rather the Miranda uh, Lambert thing again. It's, it's, so, it's so real for me when I listen back and, and, and think back. And, you know, Miranda Lambert, for example, so we played that bit, and we played the same bit at 625, and the song Lewis played then was Carmelita, a song by, well, Warren Zevon, we did it, and I misplayed it all the time. That song there by Miranda Lambert, I misplayed all the time. So, as I stated about three hours ago, when Janice Dean called me a couple of days ago and said, listen, I want you to come on my podcast. I'll promote your book, blah, blah, blah. She said, uh, I'm coming to the point now. She's celebrating 20 years in the industry. She started, now she's a big deal at Fox News, Fox and Friends, whether she started on the IMIS show 20 years ago. Did she ask how I'm doing? No. She did. No, you lie. I swear to God on my kids, she actually did, because don't forget, Bernie had no relationship with her. He may have gotten her there, but we went out with her, you and I, all the time. And I was the person that said, it should be Janice. Yes, you it said that. Be. And then we went out with her, and you, me, her, and her friends were very friendly. Right, right. Very. So she did ask about she you. She went back to Canada, actually, and we got her back. Yes, yes. But now she's, she's celebrating 20 years, and she hated Imus. Good for her, though. She was That's very cool. public. She was like, like with Andrew Cuomo, how Imus made her uh, miserable. She thought about suicide. She had an eating problem, all these things. And now she says to me a couple of days ago, she goes, but you know what? I've forgiven him 20 years later. And I said, it's funny you say that because I spend a lot of time now with Bernie Lou talking about Imus. By the way, I've got a really good gauge of what our listeners like. Because of all the people on this show, I'm the only one that speaks to them. Social media, Bernie does none of that. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and time and time again, people say, Sid, the, my favorite part of the show is when you and Lou and Bernie nostalgize about the old days. So I know the listeners appreciate it. I said, you know what, Janice? I'm doing the same thing. I got people telling me, you sound like him every now and then, which I think I think they're right. So. Anyway, so I played that piece. It's it just, it's fun, and it does bring back some memories. I was miserable back then. I was in the throes of a serious alcohol addiction, drug addiction. I couldn't keep a job. Uh, Danielle wanted to kill me every night, and deservedly so. I was scared to death. I was just a Brooklyn kid who all of a sudden owned nine hours of real estate a day at WFAN, and it made no sense to me, none. And I didn't handle it well. I didn't. And I screwed up time. Now, look, it wasn't like I went to Miami and I stopped screwing up. I continued to screw up in big, big ways. But listening to that piece, it reminds me of a time when, when all this was really scary to me. Really scary. I mean, it sounded like I was having a good time. Our old friend Sid Rosenberg. Look, I was petrified. It was stress. Yeah. It was stress all the time. And clearly, the two of you, you and Janice, don't have any... Irish or Italian blood in you, because <laughs> forgiving is yeah. You don't came, forgive. Came, huh? came a little easier for you guys. So you'll, you'll the grudges. No, there's a lot of great things. So you'll never you'll never forgive him. Some things that yeah. were I witnessed that were a little crazy. Contessa Brewer. And I will not. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I actually had to talk a couple of people off the ledge two or three times. I'm sure. I swear to God, yeah. because I was in contact with them. But well, Pat McEnroe seemed very upset that he left. <laughs> 
Yeah, some people, it's yeah. funny, though, the revolving door, and some people were mad, and some people were okay, and but yeah. no, he did a, it was a great, he did a lot of great things. He, he did. did, of course. Yes. But I still, I still remember a heck of a lot of other things, Oh, too. sure. I sure. But yeah, if you guys want no, to be well, uh, just, happy, that's great. No, just so you know, the, the overall memory is still bad. That okay, hasn't so changed. where was the word? Let's let's play so you for write a second. So write this down. So seventy percent bad, thirty percent. What's the what's the number? How how to, oh, to, so, I can, so I can gauge you? I will tell you this: the day he dropped the mic on the, we did this, we did this. <laughs> right, right. It was like ninety ten bad. Okay. Now that makes sense. He's dead for two years. Now it's of course it lessened. All right. Uh, December will be two years, right? Uh, now it's, I think you nailed it, 70-30 bad. That but hey, what? Right. If it goes in this direction, in two years it'll be 50-50. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> right? This, yeah, well, my God, it'll be 100 the other way. But you know, I tell you, it's not just him. Like when Dog comes on, Mike Francesa was on this show a month ago. All these people that have been in our lives, in our careers, that are immense figures. Immense. Curtis Lewa talked earlier about Bob Grant. By the way, Curtis is an immense figure, and I love him. Uh, talked about Bob Grant. We were around these people every day. The the stockpile of talent at that station was equivalent to the twenty nine Yanks. You know, I mean, it just seemed like everybody went on to become either a future or a certainly debatable future Hall of Famer. All of them, and. Again, as you get older, like this station right now, John Katsimatidis, he is not just a billionaire and a smart guy. He's a magician because there's no real reason that this station could have ever rebounded the way it did. He's a magician. He is. This thing was dead. They they got rid of PLJ. They got rid of Nash Country. They got rid of the urban station. So that place was decimated. Yeah, poor Chad Lopez was, was doing a great job, you know, keeping us sane. And he had great ideas, which he's implemented here. But we were dead, dead. And if you would have told me two years ago that this station would be number, I would have said you were nuts. Even with huge talent like me and Bernie, huge. I would have said you were nuts. It's here and it's happening. And when you get to that place, right, now you're starting to go up that mountain. You're no longer just, oh, I'm on in New York. Oh, yeah, but nobody listens. I heard that for four years. I'd have guys that up again making fun of me. <laughs> You're out of New York. Okay. You sure? Now, we don't get that anymore. Now it's like, oh, no, there, there are fours to be reckoned with, ABC, and specifically Bernie and Sid, and it feels good. But now you start to appreciate when, when Mike Francesa comes on and says, I was number one for 30 years, and he was 30. You, you, folks, getting there is difficult enough. Staying there. For that amount of time. I mean, I miss, never had great ratings. Just didn't. But he had a ton of revenue because every 9 to 5 slub who made, and I don't want to describe him that way, every 9 to 5 guy who made 40000 listened to Stern. These other guys making 250000 they were listening to Don. Well, there's a lot less 250000 than 40000 So in the ratings game, Don was never a player. Never. He never got the ratings me and Bernie got, ever. Alan Snippen, you listening? You dumb bastard. He never got those ratings. Let's check the board right now. Check that board right now. Music Radio 77. But he got the money. The the name of the game is to get both, which is what me and Bernie do right now. Get the ratings and get the revenue. 
But I miss um, a lot of those guys. And uh, it was Don. a family over there. It was. It was. A, it was a dysfunctional uh, Charles that, Manson family. In that basement. Yeah. In that basement. But it. But it was a family, and it. Um, and again, the, the more you're away from it, the more you realize just how great it was, and just how well it prepared us for this. Just how well it prepared us for this. This is uh, like college. I say to Gabe, I go, you're not going to learn anything. But the idea is to prepare you for real life. And and they prepared us as well as you could for this, the new ascent, WABC, and the great John and Margot Katsimatidis. We'll uh, take a short break. We're still going to play Beat Sid. A lot more to do. But a great show. We ain't done yet. Keep it right here. Talk Radio 77. The Eagles, long run, WABC. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I had no idea she was such a big Cars fan. The great Rick Ocasek, he's dead now a couple of years, too. I know tonight she comes. Heck of a song. Hey, uh, um, Leslie Slender, love that last segment. Many, many others did. Thank you for that. Bill O'Reilly was tremendous today. So was Curtis Slee. Well, he was great. And so was Rudy Giuliani. Maybe uh, one of better, the best Rudy Giuliani appearances ever after his day in front of the grand jury yesterday in Georgia. This guy, Alex Jones... This uh, psycho, I can't, I hate this guy. And again, that word hate is one I don't use often, but I hate him. That's the guy, of course, that just, uh, I guess he settled, where he, he said that the Sandy Hook didn't really happen. All those beautiful little children weren't really gunned down. This low-life piece of garbage, Alex Jones. Well, I guess he had to settle, I don't know what happened. What happened with that, Phil? What did he do? Why are you coming to me as if I know? I do know it, though. Um, he, he settled for $4 million because he was saying that it was all crisis. So why did you shake your head when I was saying he's a no-good, low-life piece of garbage? You know, the more, actually, the more you delve into it, the more I kind of agree. You uh, needed me to tell you that? No, no, no. His shtick, I, I kind of Shtick? Under- he said the kids weren't but, dead. That, I know. Before that, he, he, he just kept going further and further and further, and he just didn't Phil, he kept pushing. if so. I ever saw this guy in the street, I would break his face. He is like a coward, too. That's the funniest part oh, about it. Oh, he's a P-word of the biggest... Th- 
there's videos of him like running away. Like he's he's not he's not like the toughest guy in person. He's garbage. He is walking garbage. Those parents who went to all those funerals for those little kids. What were they play acting? Is this guy serious? But he does have an opinion. What is he? He has a radio show. This guy. He's back on Infowars. He had that. Like, what, what's it called? Infowars. Who else is on that? Oh, uh, that's the thing. It's kind of just like he finds people who go viral off like conspiracy theory videos online, and he just, they just end up getting hired. Well, who else many... works for these people? This I, I who the hell would hire this guy? What kind of person would hire this it's, guy? It's his own company. He, oh, he, he runs hired it. himself. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. It's like an internet radio, like not internet. Uh, show, it's yeah. a show. Like Glenn Beck had his own. The, like you know, Glenn Beck hired our friend at one point, J Seven, who's also passed away. But so he he has this Infowars is, but he's not the only host on it. You're saying? Uh, I I think as far as host, I I don't know too much about Infowars. I'm not a big fan. I feel like you are. I feel like you're trying to hide it. No, now. no, Infowars is as as I feel like you have a poster. You have a poster of Alex Jones over I, your bed. Or it's something. more of a shrine in the closet. But. Yeah. Well, for some reason, he thinks people care about his opinions on Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. My friend Charlie Marino says it best. Alex Jones, well, I can't even read it. <laughs> he, the word scumbag, I can read. The rest of it is so gross. It would, it, it's really something Cindy Adams would say, but it's right on the money. <laughs> yes, I did say it's something Cindy Adams would say. But for some reason, uh, he thinks that we care about his opinion on DeSantis and Trump. And I guess he's right because we're going to play it. So here is uh, Alex Jones endorsing Ron DeSantis. Alex Jones, 17, Lou, 17. Pig-headedly support him a few years ago, even though I disagreed with his warp speed, because I thought that we had to keep him in office because of the nightmare scenario if Hillary or Biden got in back before they were officially running. But that said, I am supporting DeSantis. DeSantis is just gone from being awesome to being unbelievably good. And I don't just watch a man's actions, as Christ said, judge a tree by his fruits. I can also look in his eyes on HD video, and I see the real sincerity. Yeah, I mean, he sees the real sincerity. Alex Jones, he's a fan of um, of Ron DeSantis. Leo Terrell, we haven't played yet today. He was talking about uh, Liz Cheney's comments that uh, if you're a Republican, which Bernie is, and Bernie will be back on Monday, folks, which I am which um, almost all of you folks out there are, then basically we're members of a cult. That's it. And she's running for president. I mean, she's a complete whack job, this lady. But Liz Cheney, not a heck of a lot different than Alex Jones. I mean, they're kind of the same person. I mean, what he did was really disgusting. I'm not sure she would even do that. But they're, the same, they're both delusional, crazy people. And Leo Terrell says all that. He's a Fox News contributor. And uh, here are Kutch, 12 and 13, talking specifically about the loser of the week which is good news, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney does not like Donald Trump. She, she hates Donald Trump. Her motivation is not the White House. It's to stop Donald Trump. I watched her speech last night. The reference to Abraham Lincoln is very puzzling and perplexing. But she calls the Trump supporters, Shannon, a cult. Uh, Shannon, I, I'm a Trump supporter. Uh, I, I've never rioted. I, I'm not a white extremist. I love America. I think there's 75 million people just like me who are Trump supporters. So I think the, the misguided handling of the January 6th uh, hearings, in which you and I know there was no due process, no cross-examination, is all disingenuous if you're looking for a fair and objective evaluation of what happened on January 6th. Liz Cheney will not run for president, and Liz Cheney will never be president. The American voters, the candidates that Trump has endorsed, the American voters are voting for them. 
And, and there's a disconnect between inside the Beltway, Shannon, and the everyday voter. Name me one politician who can call a rally on a Saturday night and get 40 or 50,000 people other than Donald Trump. It, his, it, look at the numbers. He's successful. And what the Democrats and Liz Cheney and a few Republicans want to do, they don't want the American voters to even have the opportunity to vote for him. And isn't that a shame in a free society that believes in choice and the First Amendment? It's amazing. Nice job, Leoto. Need a contestant right now for Beat Sid coming up on a couple of minutes. Your chance at cash and prizes thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Borders. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Your chance to play Beat Sid is coming up in about 10 minutes. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. How about that? It is time for the game. Fearless Boilers Beat Bernie Contest. Special edition of the Beat Sid game again today. More uh, sports-oriented pop culture and whatnot. So we'll get into it here. We got Dave in Trenton, New Jersey. By the way, I am Justin Ellick, executive producer of the program. Uh, Dave, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. All right. What do you got Hopefully going on? I get lucky. Yeah. What do you got going on today on this uh, fine Thursday morning here? Uh, I'm canning tomatoes. Oh, how about that? All right. You yeah, uh, Jersey tomatoes. You have a tomato farm? Nah, I just go buy them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, it's easier to buy them than grow them. And then you can them. Yeah, I can them. Gotcha. Sauce, sauce. I put sausage in some, you know. Right, right. Okay. I get a little creative. All right. I will uh, add that to my bucket list. Canning of tomatoes. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, what do you do for a living there? Um, oh, you're a chef. That's why you're canning tomatoes. Yeah. Well, I, I'm disabled now, but I was a chef. Oh. All right. Well, I'm sorry to yeah, hear I got that. I a bad car accident a couple years ago. So oh, five man. Years ago. I'm, I'm sorry. Pretty I'm much. sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yes. Nah, you know, I'm still alive. So. Well, as long as you cooked everything you ever wanted to cook, then uh, then you got that covered, right? <laughs> well, I'm making duck confit. You ever have duck confit? <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, buddy, let's uh, let's dive into the game here. Uh, if you're ready to go, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, number one. Prior to moving to Detroit in 1933, the Lions called which New England city home? Um, Boston. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. That's a, tough, that's a tough question. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Portsmouth? Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Yes. Portsmouth. Never heard of the place. Yeah. Portsmouth, no. New Hampshire. They haven't either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. I thought it was the mouth of the port. It's not. Portsmouth. I figured Boston give it a shot. Yeah. No. Why not? You know? Exactly. All right. Here we go. Up for one. On to number two. In 1927, which musical turned film became the first, quote unquote, talkie, which is a movie with sound? The jazz singer. Impressive. Very good, Dave. He knew that one right away. One for two. All right, under number three. Today marks the 30th anniversary of the retirement of which Boston sports icon labeled, quote, the legend? Boston sport icon, the legend. Got a hint? Hmm? Hey, what now? Got a hint? Uh, do I have a hint? Let's see. That is the hint. If I yeah, if I gave you the hint, you'd probably get it. Uh, kind of is like the hint. Yushevsky? 
No. See, my, yeah, my hint was going to be he played on the he played basketball. No, in Boston, that's but, too much. Uh, that would have been yeah, that would have given uh, it away. Larry yeah, that yeah. would have totally given it away. So that was a good guess, though. Yeah. Larry the Legend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Larry the Legend. There you I go. The All right, one for three. Here we, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's a toughie. Here we go. Uh, number four. Let's try and get back to 500 here. Which 21st century British singer holds the title as the only artist to ever have two different albums be the highest selling album of the year in back to back? Years. Twenty first century British singer. Mm-hmm. Man, she's all over the place. She's big. She's big time. Not a clue. <laughs> Not a clue. How about that? <laughs> Adele. Adele would be the correct ah, answer. the heavy chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. That is that's one way to put it. She lost a lot of weight, Phil. She, no, she looks good now. She lost a lot of weight. God. Yeah, she's good. She's talented. Phil even put in the question, she's fat, which I just thought was like Stacey Abrams. too mean to include. Yeah. Well, if you put that in, I would have known. <laughs> that's very funny, Dave. All right, here we go. One for uh, one for four. Let's try, and, uh, let's try and go two for five here. In 2014, which Microsoft executive bought the Los Angeles Clippers for $2 billion, the second highest, uh, the second biggest bid for a North American franchise at the time? Uh, what was his name? Mm. The guy with the beard. No, oh, the guy. The no, guy that did all the... no, no. Microsoft. No, he doesn't have a beard. He doesn't well, have any. He doesn't have any hair. He doesn't have any hair, for that matter. Uh, Michael. Mm. Got, got a hint? <laughs> Do I have a hint? Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, he likes to dance around. I don't know. He, he's uh, <laughs> very. Uh, I don't know. All I know is high energy. I don't know. There's like one viral clip of him jumping around with he's, all the other Microsoft he's rich. Video. <laughs> Yeah, he's really he's rich. rich. Okay. All right. I have no clue. All right. <laughs> Steve Ballmer would be the correct answer. Never heard of him. Oh, well, I guess you're not up to date on your Microsoft uh, heavy, nah, heavy not errors. really. Well, that's all right, Dave. One for five. Uh, not great, um, but uh, listen. Good. The other day I went five for five. Well, oh, geez. That was the other day, and you weren't on the air then. We'll keep you on hold. Uh, We'll keep you on hold there. I guess for an easy yeah, one today. Yeah, yeah. We'll get him on hold. Uh, you got a chance to talk to the big guy here in a couple minutes. Uh, Sydney, what's going on? How are you, pal? You're standing out the window. There's a big, uh, uh, big commotion, huh? Well, they're, they're, they're protesting Chuck Schumer. Oh. Some pipeline deal. I don't know. Okay. I don't care. No, no, no. It's, I it's, hate protesters. Even if I'm on their side, I hate them. Yeah, it seems like something that um, really, genuinely, I, I don't care about. I just don't understand. I mean, even if, again, if I'm on your side, don't you have a job? Don't you have. Something to do. I, I I don't. You stand outside with a sign like a jerk off. <laughs> right, right. Like it's a thir- like it's a, a Thursday off. morning at nine forty-five. Why, yeah, why aren't I mean, you at work? Right. And then my my sister goes, "Well, that's what made America great. That's yeah. what's great about America. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's great about America? TV, porn, sports. Oh. Not, not, a, not a jerk off with a sign out in the middle of the street. Uh, like, Money. Cares? Money. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Holding up a sign that says, stop the factory. Right. <laughs> Maybe if you yell out enough, they'll hear you. I don't, yeah, I don't well, that's going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all yeah, the people from Starbucks just migrated across the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've decided to stop the sale due to the protest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's funny stuff. How many do I win? Uh, uh, you need two. Two, that's it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The last two contestants have really... Um, they can screw the poops, Some reason, for Pete Morgan wants your cell phone number. My cell phone number? Can I give it to him? Not on the air, but you can give it to him. All right. All right. You, you want to play the game? You want... Yeah, let's go. You ready? 
Yeah. All right. Uh, hold on. Well, so now i got to hold on. Dear Pete, something that can't wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's the end of the show. 914. No, don't do Nine, that. No, don't do that. Okay. Your microphone's on. Oh, sorry. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you after the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Here we go. Number one. Our, let's go. Clever. Jesus. Come on. Prior to moving to Detroit in 1933, the Lions called which New England city home? Really? Mm. They were the Boston Lions. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. Uh, no, they were the Portsmouth, New Hampshire Lions. Oh, remember that? No, I don't. In 1927, which musical term... What's with these questions? 33, 27? Bernie's not playing today. I am. I'm young. I'm handsome. Okay. In 1927, which musical turned film became the first, quote-unquote, talkie, which is a movie with sound? 1927? Yeah. The first movie with sound? Yeah. Scarface. No. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Part 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy. <laughs> what was it? Uh, the was jazz, it of Oz? The jazz singer. Oh, yes, Saul, yes. See, I saw the remake with Sir Lawrence Olivier and Neil Diamond. Sing it. No. Yes, Saul, love on the rocks. Great. Ain't no big surprise. <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right. All right. Over two. You, get, you literally just need two right to win the game. I don't care if I win or lose. Okay. Yeah. Today marks the 30th anniversary of the retirement of which Boston sports icon labeled like <laughs> Boston sports icon labeled the legend. You're gonna have to read that again. I'm sorry. Today marks the 30th anniversary <laughs> I mean, of the retirement. <laughs> of, <laughs> I mean, of which Boston sports uh, icon is labeled this. the legend? Which, which, which Larry Bird? Yeah. Okay. So you had such difficulty reading it. No, nah, you just wanted like to, crackhead Bob. You just a, wanted to humiliate <laughs> me. Sounded like Donnie Most to do a play by play. Oh, he was good. Donnie Most was good. That's a great reference right yeah, there. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Unlist- unlistenable, too. Yeah. I know. All right. Uh, okay, so you got one one for three so far. Here we go. Uh, number four. Which 21st century British singer holds the title as the only artist to ever have two different albums be the highest selling album of the year in back to back years? A British singer? Yeah. Adele? Mm. <laughs> She's not fat anymore. No. <laughs> Why do you mention that? Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the consensus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave said if I just put in the question that she was fat. He she actually has it. a nice body now. It's yeah. crazy. Like a lot of fat people, they, they look uh, terrible, like Roker and uh, yeah, right. Sharpton. She's actually kind of hot now. Well, you don't know what she looks like. Right. Naked? Not yet. How do you know? Well, okay. Hey, yeah. I do have backstage passes to uh, save the blue chew. Okie dokie. All right. Uh, Sydney has officially won the game, but let's wrap it up here. In 2014, which Microsoft executive bought the Los Angeles Clippers for $2 billion, the second biggest bid for a North American franchise at the time? That would be Bill Gates. Wrong, you two-legged back of Oh, back no. I know this. Uh, I know it. Paul. No. Uh, no. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. No, he bought the Trailblazers, Paul Allen. Uh, give me the first name. Steve. Yes, Steve Jobs. No. That's yeah, it. that's right. Yes. I'm You're all over so this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you right. got it. Yeah. Steve Ballmer would be oh, the correct answer. Oh, I, yeah. I would have known that if I ever knew that. <laughs> right, right, right. Which you didn't, which you didn't, and uh, you probably never will. Well, who was the, the racist owner? That, uh, the Jew- oh, Sterling. Donald, uh, Donald Sterling. Sterling, yeah, that was a whole... Uh... You did a great job again. Thank you, Justin. Oh, thank you, yeah. I'm very good. Well, I am Justin Ellick. Um... And that's it. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah. Dave, nice job today, buddy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they were kind of hard questions. They man. were hard. The first couple, 33, 27, what is that? I mean, come on. 
I got the jazz singer right. I couldn't believe that. You got that one right? Yeah, I didn't get Larry Bird right. Duh. You didn't know Larry the Legend. Uh, you actually do know it. You just you probably just froze on the spot. Hey, you're a chef. Yeah. Well, right now I'm I'm disabled. I got into a bad car accident. Wait a years second. Ago. Wait a second. Haven't you called before? No, I never got through. Oh, you never got through. I used to talk to you at Giant Games all the time. Oh, really? No. When did you have this terrible yeah. car? When, when did you have this bad car accident? Uh, seventeen. August 30th. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, how bad? Like, I mean, how, how debilitated are you? Uh, well, you know, my whole right side is pretty much in pain all the time. I'm sorry. So. That sucks. Nah, that's all right, man. I live. Dude, I live. Does your, uh, you know pe- I mean? does your penis still work? Yeah, it does. All right, good. Then you're fine. Sure okay. you don't take all those medicines the doctors give you before you want to get it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Want me to send you some of those blue chews? That's your that's your uh, your your going away prize for today's game. How about that? Bluechew.com. Yeah, send me some. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to see the phones light up? Today's prize. Well, listen, thank you for calling, and I hope you feel well, and God bless you, and thank you very much, okay? Hey, Sid, Sid, nice talking to you, buddy. You too, Dave. God bless you. Dave in, uh, sounds like a sweetheart, by the way. Dave in Trenton, New Jersey, 800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We'll come back and wrap things up on the best talk show in America. You're listening to Howard Stern. Beat Party, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. I walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Some lies. Ah, the pride of Lincoln High School, the great Neil Diamond, and the jazz singer. So you just sing the blues all the time. Hey, is this Dick Stick right? This uh, James Rosenfield, he says. Uh, Hi, Margot. How are you, beautiful? Good to see you. You look beautiful as always. I love Margot Katzmatidis. He says, uh, Sid, I hate to say it, but Alex Jones is 100 more times popular than you. So get real. Wake up and listen to what he has to say. Is he a hundred times more popular, really? Alex Jones? Is that true, Lou? I, I, I don't know. You think doing a show on InfoWars is as presti- prestigious as hosting a morning show on WABC? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Is he? Oh, I like this part. Make a lot of Suddenly you find you're out there. They're uh, assuming now by the front door Chuck Schumer's building across the street. They're angry about some pipeline. It's a very, very big uh, protest. And I'm going to walk right past these people, every one of them, on the way to the ferry, and um, kick them all in the ankle, every one of them. What are they mad about? Hey, Frankie, put Frankie Diaz on the mic. Frankie, what are they mad about, these people? What about this pipeline deal? They are protesting. Something about some pipeline. I don't even know. Okay, great. Thanks, Frank. You're welcome. Yeah. We've got the best news people in the business. <laughs> it's all over. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got, Frank? I don't know. Oh, 
No, literally, it just said it's something about a pipeline. I, I, th- this is the first I'm hearing of it, so I, I figured they'd be more focused on uh, infl- uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act or something. But they're but, not. But so they're why? Not. So they're clearly upset about something. This must be a very big deal, no? Uh, well, maybe. I mean, if you looked at the amount of people that were out there, not exactly. Right. So, how many people would you estimate are out there right now? About thirty, maybe. 30, okay. Thirty to forty. That's not a really big protest, right? No. Okay. It's like a. It's like a Biden rally. It's, a, it's like a. It's, it's like, like a Joe Biden rally. It's like a nightclub. Yeah, not even. Not even. Well, thank you. Hey, um, um, yes, Pete Morgan. Alex Jones is an epping a hole. Of course he is. You know, my friend Ralph. I mean, he makes me so angry sometimes. Like. He's a he's a low life. Don't don't ever ever ever. If you agree and or you're okay, I don't care if he's right about ninety nine percent of the things. I don't care what he knows. Oh, is that what you asked me? If he's an a hole? Well, no, no. There's some email is like, well, oh. Alex Jones is a hundred times more popular than you. That's fine. It's not true. Is that true? Oh, God, come on, stop it, you idiot. <laughs> and whether okay. he is or not, what does that mean? The guy, the guy said these dead kids. It's a conspiracy. Why would you ever, in public, ever say you you like this guy? I don't care if he's right about almost everything. He's a lowlife. My God. God forbid that's your child. You're at the funeral and some guy, a- asshole is, uh, excuse me, a-hole, is out there saying that it didn't, it didn't happen. It never happened. I mean, what kind of James Rosenfield? Even you, Ralph. Come on. That's despicable. Oh, they got to go. Now I'm pissed off. Such a great show. <laughs> great. I know. It's such a great show today. And then... Alex Jones. Ugh. My God. Low life. I love you were great today. I mean, not even good, great. And uh, Justin Ellick was great. Macedon, Phil, Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine, amazing. Uh, Jacqueline Carl, thank you. The guests were terrific. Bernie will be back on Monday, but I'll be back tomorrow. Have yourselves a great Thursday. From everybody here on Bernie and Sid and Neil Diamond. Till tomorrow, folks. Peace. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.